0: like Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, tonight's episode five titled running door-to-door, to door because tonight we have on Quintavious Burdett, Hugh, our dog. He's going to be joining us. He's going to talk about his time on the Ole Miss football team. He's going to talk to us about this past weekend's Ole Miss football game, and he's going to talk to us about how to make money in that real estate game. So, guys, let's get right to it, man. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview and podcasting this week, our man, Quintavious Burdett. All right, Q, my man, welcome to the show. How are we doing tonight?
1: Man, we're wonderful, man. Had to get in and cook me some food, but I'm ready to go now, baby.
0: I hear you, man. Same here. It's been a a long day, you know, for all of us. And, you know, we're just blessed to have you on and blessed to be able to talk to you because, I'll be honest, like it was a big weekend for Ole Miss. I want to get your take on that. I want to get your take uh, with your time at Ole Miss as a player um and i want you to help us make some money in this real estate game man, cause, man <laughs> it's it's I, in florida it's crazy right now right like yeah. i i i can't i can't i can afford to sell but i can't afford to buy nothing so <laughs> hopefully you'll help us with that but man let's let's get right into us take take me back talk to me where you where are you from and 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 what was it like in the house growing up as a kid
1: Yep, yeah, man so i'm from senatobia mississippi small town about 45 minutes from Memphis, uh, if you're driving like me, it's about 30 minutes, um, one of 17 kids. So in my household, man, it grew up rough. You had to wake up and you have to get after it every single day or guess what, you would miss out. So, um, man, that's just my background, you know, you like to grind where I'm from.
0: I hear you, man. So, you know, without digging too deep or, or, or you know, overstepping boundaries, you got mom, dad, who who is, Who is helping manage 17 kids because to me it sounds like um it's a little bit of of, you know everybody you know how they say it takes a village and i i I could only imagine that
1: man that's what it is um you know kids raising kids and helping out you know parents have to work all day long to provide for that many um but we grew up early you know in my household men had to be men it wasn't any time for us to be a boy or a child. So when we came into this where we have to help out around the house, so we kind of raised each other. Our parents did a great job raising us as well. Uh, but like you said, it takes a village. We had our aunts, my grandmother, uh, uncles, and
0: all those folks involved as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, you you come to, when you got got a house full, you, you come to rely on the people that are closest to you. Yeah. Um, you know, with that, you know, obviously we have a lot of athletes on the show. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, those people that are key and crucial to you growing up, there was a lot of people who list coaches and, and, and things like that. So right. um, were sports a, a, a big factor into how you grew up and were there coaches that were involved in this process or, or what what was the yeah, case? Yeah, man,
1: sports, sports was my life from the age of, you know, eight years old up and through college. I, I never had a job in my entire life before I graduated college and got involved uh, with real estate. And that was because of sports. My parents didn't want us uh, out working and trying to you know, perfect our craft. So, you know, I had my high school coach, Coach Oakley, um, and then another high school coach, Coach Jones, who was very big. Coach Jones was one of the first people from Sanatobia to go D1 and play football. So he went to Mississippi State. He was a DB. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of the down uh Dog Pound Rock so coach Jones from my high school he started the down the Dog Pound Rock uh, at Mississippi State so him coming back coaching and kind of motivating me a little more but sports was man that was my life growing up I was
0: I was somewhere every day every weekend so we we know football was 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 a big was a big one for you, but were there any other sports that you, that you played as a kid growing up?
1: Yeah, man, I ran track, played uh, basketball. Um, I didn't play any baseball as I should. My little brother is ranked number three in the country, a uh, baseball player. He's an outfielder, speedy guy. Uh, but I didn't play any baseball at all. I played football, basketball, and ran track. Those are things I focused on, and uh, that's how I got my school paid for.
2: We know the high school baseball scene well around here. What's your brother's name? Imari Boyd. board. Okay. Yeah. Heard him.
0: Yep. So, you know, obviously, you know, with 17 kids and you guys vary in from ages, um, where do you, are you in the middle? Or are you towards the top? Are you the oldest? Or are you the youngest? And, and where did you fall in, was the competitive nature in the house, was it crazy? Because I, I, I picture this to be like this battle royal every day. For, yeah. <laughs> like, even like something simple like, you know, going out in the street and throwing the football or going to shoot you know. hoops at the park. Like, like where, where in age are you in relation to the other brothers and sisters? And who's the most athletic in the house?
1: So I'm fourth. I'm the fourth oldest. Uh, so I have a lot under me. But growing up, man, everything was as a, a ground. Like I say, we used to fight. We only had six uh, chairs at the table, and the first six got to the table ate first. And by the time they was done, there was probably nothing left. So you wanted to be one of the first six to get there. Uh, so every day, man, it, it was it was something that we was arguing about, fighting about, trying to compete about, trying to race about. Hey, let's race for the, the last water. Hey, let's race for the last bag of chips. Let's, you know, little stuff like that. Uh, was an everyday thing in my household uh, and, you know, the most athletic, I would always say me, uh, simply because to this day, none of my siblings can beat me in running, jumping and any other thing that we can get involved with, but I think it all boils down to my mindset. Uh, I'm going to win regardless, everything. That's how I think. I don't care who is in front of me, how young, old they are, I'm here to win. And and I think that's the different mentality that I have that some of my other siblings kind of don't have when it's us against us. You know, they have that when it's us against someone else, but they're kind of timid when it comes to the brother-brother type deal. But me, everybody's is me against against them. It's not a us when it when it's talking about competing. So I'm the most athletic, if you ask any of them.
2: <laughs> that's usually the right answer, man. We had it easy. None of us had to uh compete with that many. And, uh, yeah, we got sisters, so uh, it was a little bit easier. We didn't have no boys to compete with either. So, uh, man, uh, feel lucky that I didn't have to go through that gauntlet that, that y'all went through there. It but, was brutal. Uh, but you talked about Senatobia, so uh, you went. Did you go to Senatobia High School? Is that what you said? I did. Yep, Senatobia High. All right. And so for those listening, you know, you talked about it's, it's kind of out away from Memphis. Is that a big school or a small school?
1: It's a 3A school when I was in school. for a um sometimes but it's a smaller school in Mississippi it's not a huge school like Panola or Oxford or you know the Soto Central and all those schools yeah um, it's absolutely a 3A, 3A school
2: yeah my my family lives down there they actually go to Strayhorn which is even smaller than Sinatopia so yeah. I'm familiar with yes. that area yeah uh, so yeah you mentioned it was 3A when you went there uh you know mm-hmm. you said you did a uh, track and football and
1: you do that all through high school I did it, yes, from ninth grade through my senior year. I actually didn't play any sports my senior year. Uh, I hurt my ankle. I tore, I tore my, all my ligaments in my ankle. And so I missed my senior season, oh, uh, which was, it was, it was a bad, bad timing for it because that's when I was starting to get all my scholarships and I still had, you know, enough to choose from, but uh, you never know if I would have been healthy that senior year, what would have came to the door and. Opportunities, but I don't regret it. I'm glad it happened. To be honest, because I met some wonderful people at old Miss, I got an opportunity to stay in my home state, close to my family, and and play football, run track, and also just be around my community. So it was awesome.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. Uh, every athlete we've talked to that has had injuries has never said they regret it. They've always talked about it's they've been able to bounce back. It's made them stronger. Yep. So it's it's really crazy how you know, you look at it from that perspective. And if you do look at it from that perspective, you know, you will only be stronger from it. Um, So which one before your injury were you more uh, successful at? I would say football. Football. And which one did you like more? Because usually the one you're best at is usually not the one that's your favorite. That's what's crazy.
1: So it's funny. Uh, I always tell people that, you know, I'm, I'm better at football. I like playing football but I liked my track teammates better. And and it wasn't because my football teammates wasn't great. It was because track, you know, in college, at least you get on a bus, you go to a hotel on a Tuesday, you don't run until Saturday. So y'all are in that hotel kind of bonding, you know, having fun, going out here, going out there, football, it's you play on Saturday, you leave on Friday. It's a very strict, you know, schedule up until so. You know, we never had any downtime in the offseason. Unfortunately, I was in the track and I wasn't there with football. So I think I was, I had a better fun bun with my track teammates and then my football teammates. As far as it was fun, don't get me wrong, uh, it was more so business every day uh, when you're after, you're competing. So football is my love. Uh, and I enjoyed football more, but I enjoyed my track teammates more.
2: I got you. And so since you're a teammate guy and a track guy, I'm going to assume that you were probably in the relay races too, huh? I was. Yep. I, I, I was, was on
1: the four, four by one relay. I was first leg. I kicked it off. Kicked it off. Got, got it started. I heard that. <laughs> All right. On um, football, what positions did you play? So I played receiver, defensive back in college. In high school, I played running back and some quarterback, um, but no defense. And my freshman year, I started on defense, sophomore year started on defense, and then I had to transition. I wanted to transition to offense because I was I was missing the, um, the ball a little bit, man. So I uh, kind of asked coach, "Can I go ahead and switch back?" And he, we did. So in college, I was fortunate enough to play both sides of the ball. I hear you. Well, what I got to know, track
2: star that's a football player. I need that forty time. What was it?
1: So I ran four twenty eight uh, in my program um uh, jumped forty one inches. So it was fun, man. I- and everyone knows me i can run uh, i can still run a little bit to this day i think i popped my calf muscle trying to race two of the Titans players in nashville about six weeks ago but uh it was fun <laughs> well, so what's
0: what's it what's it like to be at average speed now
1: <laughs> average speed well before i popped my calf muscle about six weeks ago I clocked 4-3 still, so <laughs> wow. I can still run. Ain't, ain't nothing average. Yet. Ain't nothing average, DJ. <laughs> how,
0: how is that possible? If I pop my calf muscle, I'll be
1: – Well, no, no, before oh, I, I pop my calf muscle. I haven't ran like that since I popped my calf muscle, and i just been rehabbing. But still, trying... if
2: he's at a 4-3, he ain't hit a decline. That I mean, he said 4-2 to 4-3. I mean, that's not much of a decline, especially after you've been out the game a little bit. Let, Did you win me... the
3: race?
0: Yeah.
1: We didn't get the race. So oh, we, I warmed you. up. We did all this dynamic warm up and the hurdles and all this stuff and I'm ready. And my first push out run to before the actual run, uh I got down, pushed out and I felt like someone kicked me in the back of my leg. They thought it was my Achilles and I thought it was my Achilles cuz they had these little balls mm-hmm. that you know, they were tossing around. So when I took mm-hmm. out I felt like somebody hit me in the back of my leg with that ball. So I turned around, I was like, man, stop playing, why you do that? It was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you just hit me in the back of my leg with that ball. He was like, man, no, we didn't do that. And the trainer who was there with us, he said, wait, you felt like that? I said, yeah. He said, man, I think you just popped your Achilles. I said, oh man, don't tell me that.
2: <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, it, was, it wasn't was, that, yeah. Right, sure. yeah,
1: yeah, I, j- I just popped my calf muscle, so.
2: Well, well, I'm going to tell you this. Uh I don't know what the exact number is. I'd have to look. You're you're, you're athlete number 90 something on on this podcast and I'm going to tell you right now you you hold the record for fastest. So no matter what happens the rest of this episode you got that that on
0: lock. So Well,
1: um, there we go. I love it.
0: I'm pretty confident that you could rupture a hamstring and still be faster than any dude on this podcast right now.
1: <laughs> I don't want to rupture a hamstring. But uh-huh. I do a I did that in college and track, and whew, man, that's an injury. That's one that the, the, you you have, you have to sit your butt down. Look,
2: you know? Q, I'm a, I'm gonna tell you something that I hadn't even told these guys yet. Th- this show's supposed to be about you, but I gotta tell you, I ran a 5K without training the other day, and I felt so proud because I did it. Didn't stop, had a good time, and everything. And then I'm gonna tell you, it's now been two days, and my legs, man, top to bottom, still hurt. My ankles, my calves, and I was like day of man I I guess adrenaline whatever I mean I was like man this was easy like I'm good now here I am two days later like limping around I'm like should have trained but uh, that's what happened when you get as old as us guys right here but all right so speaking of accolades though man I seen that you weren't just an athlete man I seen you're a scholar tell me about how you excelled academically
1: yeah so man I took my um my books serious you know it it was to the point where I don't think anyone even knows this uh, other than myself and one other player who was in the hallway and heard it, but I opted not to play um, and like basically give up playing time because I would not change my major in college. That's how serious it was for me. You know, coaches approached me, hey, you want, we want you to change your major. Uh, and I was, I was not forward you know, because my major accounting had me missing practice. And I understood, you know, their their point of view from and I'm missing practice. And, they count on me to play and I can't play me if I can't practice and I can't practice. So it was fine, but I saw the bigger picture early on, you know? Hold on, hold
0: hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to ask. Yeah. Isn't, isn't there some like moral compass that goes into a coach telling a kid they need to change their major and miss and not go to as much class?
1: Well, it's one of those things where, they felt like it was other majors or other times that I could take uh, some of the classes that I was taking. But they, I was the first uh, kid that was, I guess, that they actually counted on plan that was in accounting or something like that. You see what I'm saying? Everyone yeah, else. Did, did, in- did
2: you play football under Coach O? I know I'm not doing the old Miss segment, but I got to know. No, 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 I did not. I was going to say, that's, that sounds like <laughs> something Coach O might
1: do. <laughs> no, I did not play under Coach O. Yeah. Um, And and I I don't even think our head coach even know about this conversation. So, you know, but it was just one of those things where that's how serious I took it. You know, I wasn't going to change my major. I was fine with whatever consequences came. I was fine with missing every Thursday practice before a game and on, you know, Tuesday practice on some week. So I was fine with that because I understood that if I got my education, you know, my brain can always take me further than my legs. And, And and that's what I wanted to kind of rely on, you know.
2: Well, let me tell you this. I appreciate you telling that story about putting academics first because um, we get a breakdown of our audience and 17% of our audience are still in high school. And so that means there's high school kids listening to this, seeing the importance of academics, because a lot of times they're taught you know it's athletics 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 we've even had a couple athletes come on here and talk about how they got to college and started flunking because they didn't take it serious in high school and then when they got to college it got real so i appreciate you coming on here and you know teaching teaching that lesson because uh academics are extremely important um so with that you know you talked about senior year and how you had got hurt but obviously you were being pursued before then when did you start getting pursued by colleges
1: So I was a sophomore in college, I mean, in in high school, I was a sophomore. I had some offers my junior year, but I was going after some other schools at that time uh, that I wanted to kind of at least go visit and say, hey, you know, play this school against that. As a kid, uh, you know, you always look back and you want those things, but I think regardless, I would have ended up staying in Mississippi and probably going to Ole Miss. Simply because I chose my school based off of a what state I wanted to represent, I wanted to represent Mississippi, but also, uh, what led me to go to old Miss is they were a Nike school. Mm. So Mississippi State was a Dito. I didn't wear a deto. Nike <laughs> um, So that was kind of and, and believe it or not, a lot of kids, they choose their schools based off that, uh, and folks don't even realize, don't even know. But that was the reason for me, literally. Well, but I got,
2: but I got to ask you
1: then because you you were doing accounting.
2: My uh, niece just got uh, her master's from accounting at Mississippi State, and she said she chose Mississippi State because of their accounting program. So now I'm thinking a little bit. Hugh, well, no, no,
1: no. Well, if she chose Mississippi State because of her accounting program, I'm sorry to say, she chose wrong because okay. Ole Miss is the number one accounting program in the SEC has been that way for the last 15 years.
2: So she can she got busted. She just wanted to go to Mississippi State. She just used that. She as, just you. wanted to
1: go to Mississippi State. Now, if she would have said, I chose Mississippi State for my engineering degree or veterinarian school, then she would be right on point because that's what they're known for. old Miss's accounting program, like I said, it's number one in the SEC, been that way for 15 years, number five in the country. So it's, it's awesome.
2: Gotcha. All right. So ultimately, you said that's why Ole Miss, so like, you wanted to stay in state, you know, they had the program. So, was it really just that that easy for you? You you knew? It you know,
1: wasn't. Uh, Coach Freeze had a lot to do with it as well. Um, you know, he was recruiting me, and he's from Tate County, and, you know, some things uh, kind of clicked there. But if both schools was equal, I guess if one of them was uh, – if Mississippi State was Nike and Ole Miss was Adidas. I can't say that I would have not chosen Mississippi State, you know, eight years ago. So I'm just not sure. I was I was so hung up on Nike back then, man. Hey, I was, we don't want – we don't I,
2: don't. I don't. Well, I don't know if I can actually speak for them too, but I, I know what I see. All three of us wearing, and I'm pretty sure we all Nike guys are right
1: here too. Right. Yeah.
3: I, I own the stock and everything, baby. I'm all Nike.
1: Yep. <laughs> to
3: this day, yeah, Nike give us a sponsorship. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll, we'll take you in. So Q, obviously coming from, you know, where you came from, a house of 17 kids, uh going to go going you're living out of the house now, right? On campus. Talk about what that was like when you first get there and how that transition worked for you.
1: Yeah, so man, it was it was it was different. You know, um I kind of grew up where, you know, we had freedom, but um San Antonio had some things going on when I was growing up that wasn't just too fun of kids just rolling around. So my mom really didn't want us to leave the street um, and to get to college. And now you have all this space to roam. Uh, it was different, man. I had to adjust. I had to uh, put myself in order on when I came into my dorm room and, you know, now I have freedom. I don't have anybody telling me, Hey, you have a for you. And I don't have anyone telling me, Hey, you can't go over here. You can't go over there. I'm free. Um, and, you know, my first four or five weeks on campus, man, I was, I, I didn't get any sleep almost. Uh, but that changed and you get there and you get settled in and, and then you realize why you're there, and you start to mature very, very quickly. Um, so then I started to you know make my schedule and meet folks and talk and and it trans the transition was smooth. It was like boom. After two or three weeks of it, you 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 know where you are, you know where everything is on campus, you know Oxford now. Cause I've I've never been to Oxford really before, oh miss, but um, you're a man. But you know let's fast forward two years before that. 15, 16 years old, I had to become a man then. You know, I had to know how to cook. I had to get a car. I had to drive. I had to mow the grass. I had to find ways to kind of train my body myself and uh, get around. So it was, you know, a lot of things led up to me being ready to go to college. The thing that I say uh, that was, I guess, the biggest transition was doing my own laundry and stuff. My mom used to do my laundry. So now when I go to college, I'm having to do my own laundry. And Knowing not to mix the colors with the whites and to wash on coal if you do. You learn all that in college. Um, you know, mom didn't teach me that growing up because she did my laundry. But Did a lot she of do the- all
3: 17 kids' laundry?
1: So, actually, my mom only has two me and my brother. Okay. I well, got you. my dad. My dad has those. Papa was
3: rolling stone. You know, he,
1: <laughs> something he did not learn how to do is something I won't say, but we all know.
3: Yeah. He doesn't know yeah. how to pull.
2: So, yeah, uh, only thing but the go. only
3: thing in that house hey, is the couch, right? Your, your dad and
2: Randy got something in common. That's all I got I say. got
3: 4, bro. I ain't got 17. Ooh, we I learned up. Uh, I knew I, I knew I didn't have that uh, characteristic in me so I got it, you know, fixed, you know what I'm saying? There we go.
1: There we go. Well, he never learned and still haven't learned to this day. I got a, my youngest brother is 4 years old, so
3: Oh man. Uh, right, right. It's crazy. Oh man, we've got, we're getting way off topic, but yeah, that's a great story. But uh, look, talk us through your on-campus. Now you've done adjusted to your schedule. What was that first practice like for Ole Miss?
1: Man, it was great. So Ole Miss, what, what happened was, so when you sign on, you get this nice welcome packet in the, in the mail. Um, you have gear, you have, uh, you know, workouts, you have all this stuff and see me, I worked out every single day anyways, in the snow, hot, rain, everything, I worked out. So when they sent us our workout regimen that we were gonna do, uh, and they gave us, you had six weeks, of course, to do it before you got there. So I just hit it, boom, 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 boom. I was in shape and ready to go day one. The first practice, you know, we had our sprints, we had our workouts, we had, the biggest difference is in high school, the coaches, they yell, uh, maybe curse every now and then and college <laughs> oh man it's
3: you're different bad
1: yeah because in high school when a head coach come around every coach who's cursing and yelling they kind of stop and college the head coach comes in and they just continues to go you just you're gonna you're gonna hear you're gonna get it so uh, that was different and then being able to you know go to the coach and say hey you know, my hamstring is tight today and they tell you, hey, you need to sit out today, go do X, Y, Z, training and get this right, boom, boom. That was a different thing. It took me some time of watching older players go to the coaches and talk to them. I would usually just try to muscle through everything because you're trying to prove yourself. You don't want to feel like a freshman and you can't finish workouts, you can't do anything. Uh, so, you know, I had to learn that I have to take care of my body so my body can take care of me on the field and, and everywhere else. So I started to transition and learn, hey, when I'm not feeling so great, I need to speak out and talk to him. But, man, that first day was – it was fun because, like I said, I showed up in shape. But some of my classmates who came in with me, they did not. And it was brutal. When I'm, when I'm talking about brutal, Coach Jackson did not play. He didn't care who you were, where you are. What when it was time were. To, when it was time to work out, everybody's the
3: same. Either you can do it or you can't. And if you can't, he going to tell you about it. And and It was brutal. So you, you kind of came in, a little, run it back just a little bit for those who don't know. When you came in, you mentioned Hugh Freeze, but the year that you, your freshman year was Hugh Freeze's first year there, right? First year there, yep. yeah. so there's a, pro, there's a culture difference, right? There's a mm-hmm. losing Correct. team. He's coming Correct. in. He's trying to prove himself as much as you're trying to prove yourself. Right, right. So just we kind of talk have- us through what that culture difference was.
1: So um, it was so funny. I got this band right here on, if I can show it to you. I got this band my sophomore year in college. I've never taken it off. So, my, but my freshman year, I was the first kid, uh, Coach free said in 20 years uh, of him being around sports and he does this, he give a ban, I was the first kid not to accept the ban. So my freshman year, they call you down by positions, and they, hey, do you accept all the responsibilities and the qualities of this team? You shake yes, they give you a ban, you put it on. I didn't go down there to get the ban. And you think in a a big old room where it's 130 kids and everybody is going down that they would miss somebody. Literally, the meeting finished, 10 seconds later, I had four or five coaches calling me like, hey, what's going on? You didn't take the band. What's, I said, look, Coach, there's some stuff that's going on in the locker room. There's some stuff that I feel like the staff is doing um, and saying, but they're not really, you know, leveling up on it. I just don't feel like we're a team yet. And I would be wrong sitting here being a freshman to take your band knowing that I just don't buy into everything just yet. And, you know, we For those that
3: a, can't see it, what does the band say?
1: Oh, this band here says Oh, Miss Revels, uh, take a stand all in so that's kind of what it's and I've never taken it off but what I, what I what I gained is the my next year when when we did it and I felt we were more of a team and you could see a change in our record and it's changing that's the next year we, we popped. but I took the band because we were closer We were, we had you know that class that senior class that was there when we got there they had a whole bunch of, they had a lot of baggage going and a lot of crap going on in the locker room that shouldn't have been doing and all this. We just wasn't there yet. But when I took it, you know, Freeze made it very clear, like we're doing, we obviously doing something right if Q came down here to take the band, And that was kind of the thing. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things. You, you, I got to stand up for what I believe in. And that's what I challenge kids to do every day. What you be, If you believe in something, stand up for it. It doesn't matter being a freshman or a senior. If I didn't feel like something was right, I would talk to him about it. I would bring it up. Uh, you know, it was Laquan Well, To this day, we talk about it. It was times Laquan, he, he used to always go to coaches, the coach and say, Q needs to play more. Q knows to play more. He's fast. He's doing this. But I used to always tell Corn is, bro, Marquel Pat, this all he has. If I play more, Marquel Pat has to play less. I want Pat to make it and, and be a better player. So, you know what? Stop doing that. Don't go to coach. You know what I'm saying? Let yeah. him play who he's going to play. I'll be all right. I want my teammate to have fun. Uh, and it was just little stuff like that, man. I've always been that way, uh, even now in real estate. You know, this you thing You sure about- you should
2: be in real estate? The, the way you're talking, I, I want you to be my kid's coach. Like, what's up?
1: <laughs> man, we can make it happen. It, 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 it's in the wits, man, you know. Uh, But it's just one of those things, you know, when I got started in real estate, and I know you guys probably have questions you're gonna ask me about it, but you know, I got involved with real estate because I didn't know anything else. I, I, I let Google decide my profession. I Googled what profession you can make what you're worth and real estate popped up. I watched one video and like a dumb young kid, I got up out of my desk in Atlanta and I put a two-week notice in, like, after watching the video. I didn't think about it. I called home and told my, my parents. And I talked to some of my mentors. And they was like, are you effing kidding me? You did what? And I told them, I said, well, you know, I'm not truly happy here. Uh, it's fun. And, and it's a great job. And they're paying me well. But I want to be out. I wanna, I want to kind of do something different. And someone just showed me a way that I can make a hundred grand my first year in the business by just talking to people. I said, I'd be a fool if I sit here and I do it. So I left. I got my license. I didn't know I was going to sell 106 houses my first year. I didn't know that. All I knew to come back and do is cold call, door knock, go out to meet people in Kroger,
3: Hold up, hold up! I don't want to stop you there, but you're killing my next segment, bro. We we'll go go. Let's let's take it back just a little bit back to old Miss. We're on Ole Miss. All right, let's do it. You are going through your thing? Talk. Hey, about I gave him a sneak thing. peek. I gave him. Yeah, yeah, you sneak peek, and that's a preview for what's to come for the audience listening. Randy, I would game, be in a hurry
2: to. I'd be in a hurry to tell those stats too, bro. Oh no, we gonna we gonna <laughs> get into all
3: those stats because I don't I don't got an inside source. I don't researched. I don't vetted it with Q. We we getting into all that first game you get in talk about the emotion for that and what it was like for your family to get see you play you know d1 football
1: yep so first game um, of the season and actually my first game I made the very first tackle of the 2012 uh, football season on kickoff so my freshman year first game I made the very first tackle on kickoff for that season uh, and it was awesome it was fun but it was so fun just walking out in the, in the uh, vault, seeing all those fans screaming, but it was nerve-wracking, man. Sanatobia, I'm used to maybe 500 people at the game. Now we're talking about 50,000, 60,000 are screaming. and they're Rowdy. Happy. It's rowdy, man. The first time getting off that bus to do the Walk of Champions to see all those people that, you know, as a freshman, you think, oh, well, they don't know me yet. Well, these people know your name, man. Q, let's go. Q, let's go, man. You're going to do well. and it And it was, man, it was, it was. It makes the hair stand, stand up on the, on the back of your neck. Uh, and, it, and it's awesome. And you take that long walk from the walk of champions all the way to the stadium and you got your music on and you're interacting with the fans and then you get there and the ball kicks off. And as loud as the stadium is, you start to hear nothing. It's like,
0: it's it's it, it's
1: it's a crazy feeling, man. When that ball kick off, all I hear is the whistles and the next play call and the in between and my teammates talking and all that. You don't even hear all the noise unless a big play happens and you can hear the change and the uh, you can hear that. But everything else you just don't hear. It zones out. In um, that first game, man, it was just so awesome. And you know, I finished that game with four tackles. Uh, but I was all defense my first two years, uh, and and it was like that. And then I started to I got my very first start over Sancuyus Gosen. We all know Sancuyus Gosen. nice guy. Went to Pittsburgh. Uh, he ha- he was battling some injuries throughout camp, and I had a great camp uh, coming into that game, so I earned that starting spot. And that was a different set of nerves because we're on the road. You're not in your home stadium. Uh, you're playing Vanderbilt, another SEC school. We're playing uh, Matthews, the receiver who went to Philadelphia. Uh, I and mean, my task is to guard Matthew, uh here and now, but uh,
3: it's nerves. You know, and that's yeah. when Vanderbilt—they were pretty good right then. They're not yeah. like they are now. Right. Correct. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt was pretty good then. Because uh, so, you mentioned being on the road, let me. What was the loudest stadium other than Ole Miss, or most rowdy stadium, or just a place you hated to go play? You know LSU. Just, Ah, yeah. Yeah, That's I knew you were going to say that. I was just trying to give you. The
1: something. loudest, you know, Bama is very, very, very loud. Oh, for sure. But the loudest and what they're the most rallying
3: is, to be honest, Arkansas. Oh, I believe it. Ben, man. They call them hogs. It's a different sound. Yeah,
1: yeah, they do. But the place I hated was LSU, man. Those jokers was nasty. <laughs> they would – they would – he in bottle, put hot sauce in bottles, and they screwed it, screwing it on you when you're walking through and crap.
3: Classless, uh, man. Classless. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's what I'm hearing. Whoa, man.
1: No, time out.
3: They we, 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 I got we, the hey, same opinion because hey, I was hey. at the SEC championship game. Same thing. LSU fans were absolutely crazy.
2: Q, Q, I ain't even gonna. I ain't gonna give the details. I'm just gonna say I was at a women's soccer game last week between LSU and Ole Miss, and I took my 15 year old daughter and the Ole Miss fans. They disturbed her. That's all I'm going to say. At a women's soccer game, so Ole Miss ain't no better. That's all I'm
1: saying. Well, you're right. You're right. I mean, they get rowdy. Um, but LSU, but Texas AM and as well, because Texas AM and stadium is so unique. Well, you know, they have 114,000, 15,000 in there. Right behind your uh, the, the visitors, where our sideline is, they got their cadet team, and they playing the drums right there behind you, nonstop, and you can't hear. Your ears are ringing, and you you got to whisper, you know, yell right next to somebody to even hear them. Um, It was crazy. It was crazy.
3: Yeah, so you mentioned that you were defense the first two years. Obviously, you transitioned over to receiver. Um, That transition, obviously, you had done that before, so was that just natural for you?
1: No, it it really wasn't. Um, It took a lot of effort and time because I've never played receiver. In right. high school, I played running back and quarterback. And then I played defensive back in college. Uh, it was one of those things speed. Uh, you know, for a cornerback, I was an okay size at the time. You know, corners, corners are now six feet tall, six one, six two. But I was, you know, 5'11, 195, and could run, um, long arm. So stuff like that. They, they loved me for corner. But I just wasn't happy, man. It goes back to me being happy. In high school, I got the ball 20 times a game. And you're talking about now going to college and not touching it at all and not being able to return kicks because the defensive coordinator, he don't want his defensive guys back there returning kicks and getting hurt. So they put the running backup running backs and the backup receivers back there returning kicks. I wanted to return, return kicks, you know. Uh, it's just little, little stuff like that that added up to me just saying, oh, you know what, screw it. I know I'm playing a lot, but I'd rather be happy. Switch me to offense. When I moved to offense, you know, our receiver coach, he didn't recruit me. He didn't know me. But I was forced into his room because, of you know, coach wanted me there. He wanted me around. He wanted me happy, so he switched me over. Uh, and that had its ups and downs. Uh, but I had to learn that position. And Dante Moncrief, you know, we used to work a lot. He used to help me, you know, kind of run routes to the point where, you know, to this day, I can teach a route in and out. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm more fluent. I, I look at myself more of a receiver than I was ever a running back or a quarterback or a defensive back, uh, little stuff like that. But, you know, I got the opportunity after college to go to New York with the Giants, and I got turf toe and got hurt, and it was all that. And that's when I decided just to use my degree. Uh, but it was fun, man. I enjoyed it.
3: Yeah, no doubt. But just taking it back, you talked about Hugh Freeze a couple of times. We did. And the culture changed. You guys became a team. That team obviously had more success than almost, I think, any team in Ole Miss history, beating Alabama. Right. And just the culture change. And you guys really set them up. Even though there were some down years after Freeze left, you know, now they're kind of back in that limelight. But talk about what it was like for you to be a part of that change and what Freeze meant to that program and just his and staff too.
1: Freeze, freeze was awesome. Freeze was a Christian man. Um, You know, he taught us well. He got us prepared to play. He got us thinking about stuff, you know, that was bigger than football, a brotherhood. Uh, Freeze was the glue. Freeze was the best thing that happened to Ole Miss in the last 15 years. You know, uh, coming there and doing what he did, understand stuff happens. And, I mean, life, things happen. No one is perfect, okay? Um, there's, There's not one person that was perfect. And, and and I don't want that to be a reason people judge Freeze and say he's not a good man. Freeze was great. He was great. What I started to see is Freeze changed as the program changed. So Freeze came in, he was down, you know, he was like the zero star kid, blue collar, but as it started to get bigger and bigger and bigger, Freeze had the five-star athlete mentality you know, where he wanted it a certain way, and that's how all great coaches should be, you know, but he evolved, and man, he instilled some things in us that I still have to this day, you know, every single day, I wake up, and I burn the ship, and that was something that he used to tell us before every game, we burn the ship, we're here now, we have to play, we can't go back, only way we got to do, we got to go take their ship, we burned ours, so every day, I, I wake up, and I burn the ship, man, and it was, it, it was awesome, man. He, he he was a great guy. Still to this day, you know, we just talked maybe two weeks ago. Uh, he's a great mentor uh, still to those kids up there in Liberty. Uh, he'll still answer the phone right now, you know, if I was to call and wanted to talk. And it's just one of those things. He's just that type of guy, man. He wants his kids to see whether it's on the field or off the field. So he was a great thing that happened to Ole Miss. It was unfortunate of, of things that happened after. But, you know, if Freeze was still there, I think Ole Miss would have – Won the championship by now.
3: Me, me just, me thinking. No, all. I, I believe it because he had him rolling. So you talked about, you know, uh, a coach coming to you and asking you to switch your major. And, you know, you had no part of that, but academically, you, you mentioned how important it was. But yep. when you're doing your studies at OMS, they're top five, you know, in the country at accounting. So just kind of walk us through what that daily grind looked like for you academically.
1: Man, it was, it was. So to this day, uh, I don't take my laptop home. I never took my books home. I never took my backpack home. I used to leave my backpack uh, in the athletic building in one of the rooms and then i get there because I was going to get there earlier than everybody and then I was probably going to leave a little later. But, uh, man, I I would study in the mornings um, before I left campus. I would study. Don't get me wrong, man. I partied my tail off. I went out every opportunity that I got. I had so much fun. Literally, five o'clock, I shut the books down and everything else was probably party. but during that time from when I got up at, to go work out at five in the morning. And then after my workout, I have the downtime until about nine o'clock to my class. I'll use that little three or four hours to study. You know, I will study as much as I could. And then after, between my classes, I would take a nap on the couch before my next class. I didn't go, you know, walk around campus and do this see most athletes. They want to be seen. They want to be talked to. They want to be this and that. That's Me? how I'd be. Right. <laughs> I used my time wisely because I knew once 6 o'clock hit, shoot, I was going to be out on the town anyways. So I was I'm I was out. Yeah, yeah, I'll see y'all. i see. I see y'all later. But I used my time on campus to really take care of the things I needed to take care of. Uh, but, you know, I, I had a 5 o'clock wake-up time. Uh, we had to work out at 530. I would study from around 630. So 8.30, walk to my class. Uh, I would have class all the way up until uh, 1.30. We started practicing film study around 2.15. 2.15 to about six, we would practice. And then at that time, I would either go to the, uh, if we got out early around five, I would go to the uh, academic center, knock out some work that I needed to knock out and poof. But most of my work got done while I was in class because I was a good note taker. What I would do is in class, I would read the chapter uh, that we had that day, the night before. So now when the teacher is going over it versus me being there listening and hearing it for the first time, now I'm there actually learning You know, I don't, I don't know what I just read, but now she's about to explain it type of deal versus getting there and now she's going over something. I got to go back and read it later to try to understand it. So I was in the class studying. As she goes through it, I write it down a couple of times and boom, I got that. Until she move on to the next time, I write that down five or six times. Oh, I got that now. So when I left that class, I didn't have to do much, just review my little notes, study. But I could remember a lot of stuff. So I had a photograph. memory. if I write it down, I can remember. And, and like all my classmates, they used to always like after a test, they used to come and ask me, hey, was this on a test? Was this on the test? I could tell them like word for word what the course was. Boom. It asked about this right here, blah, blah, blah. Oh, because they that's kind of just my studying thing but uh it was fun man it was brutal it, it was it was it was it was awesome but you know I never got a break that was that was the thing in college and that's what makes me go so hard right now in real estate is not having a break don't bother me because I went from football grinding boom boom, boom. see football starts uh for us if you play sports it starts in May when you got a report to work out and then uh, it ends in December. Well, track starts in December, and it ends in July. So it was always a lapse. I never got a break. Uh, and I ne- and that's why I finished school early as well, and I got my master's paid for by Ole Miss and everything. Uh, but it was because I was in school year-round, year-round, year-round.
3: All right, Q, we got to transition over. You still follow Ole Miss, big fan, go to the games. Let's talk about this last weekend. Lane Kiffin had the boys hyped up, ready. The fans believe in, media believe in, drops the headset, and then it's 21-0 before anybody gets their popcorn from the stand, man. Talk to us. What happened?
1: Yeah, so um, here's my take on it. And um, I even tweeted them, and I told them how I felt. But I think Lane got caught up in Lane Kiffin versus Nick Saban versus Ole Miss versus Alabama. And I think, you know, he kind of let his emotions uh, get in the way of some decisions that should have and shouldn't have been made, uh, more so like the fourth downs. We should have punted the football. The first fourth down on the, you know, three or four yard line, I understand that. But if you're going to go for it, let's put our best back in. Let's put Snoop in. Let's kind of pick up the yards we need. Or let's put Pomley in who's rushed for 200 some yards against teams Um, And it's known for things like that. Let's put somebody in for that status. But, you know, he did not. And we went for it on fourth down a couple of times that I feel like uh, we should have punted and it put our defense in a hole. And his excuse after the game is, well, if we punt, it's just going to take them a longer time to score. So we might as well go for analytics. Analytics doesn't tell you to go for it on your 30. I don't care what you're reading. But it's one of those things, man. It's bittersweet. We move on from it. We got Arkansas this weekend, uh, and I think it's going to be an awesome game, jam packed. And you know we're going to come out uh, on top, victorious, and we're going to make up for last week. So if you watched last week and you were disappointed, make sure you watch this week because we're going to we're going to we're going to turn that bitter sour uh, taste in your mouth
3: into sweet. All right, good. Well, that's the good transition. Is now we're going to go into what I know you've been chomping at the bit to get after, man. You we talked about you got your master's degree paid for by Ole Miss. Yep, so you get your degree and you get a job with one of the big four, right? You move to Atlanta. First thing I want to ask you is what it was like. You come from Sinatobia, you spent some time in Oxford, now you're living in Atlanta. What was that transition like?
1: Oh, man, it was it was it was brutal. I mean, you go from I can ride a four wheeler faster and get to places in San Antonio than I can on an expressway in Atlanta. Uh, it, it was brutal, man. I was in traffic 45 minutes to go three miles. Uh, and I was traveling 14 miles total where the 14 miles only took me seven minutes to get to the expressway, but once I got there, I was sitting there not moving, going two miles per hour. It was awful. And, and to offset that, you know, me being who I am, uh, I would try to wake up early and get to the office early as if that paid off or pay some dividends. I was I was on salary. So being young and dumb, you get there at six in the morning because you're trying to beat traffic and then you wanna leave later so you can miss traffic. So I was getting there around six in the morning and then I would leave around 6.30. That's by the time I go out there around seven, the traffic's gone. I'm putting in 12 hour days when these other jokers are getting in at nine o'clock and leaving at four 30 and guess what?
3: Making the same money,
1: making the same money. And and and, and I didn't even get a dang on trophy. Oh, so man. Uh,
3: man, that got old so fast.
1: I lasted four months. <laughs> and, and it wasn't that I was burnt out with it. It was, I was just curious, man. You know what I mean? I wasn't dead set on doing accounting. They say, get your accounting degree you and open up many, many doors. And that's what I did. And I was curious. I was, I was, you know, one of those people that I'm going to try some things. And I kind of Googled, literally just one day sitting at my desk. I was like, man, I'm, I'm done with my work. I ain't got nothing else to do. I just Googled, what professions can you make with your work? And then real estate popped up. I didn't know nothing about real estate. I didn't even know what Remax was. I didn't know any of this crap. Uh, but then I leave Atlanta, get a real estate license, come back. And here we go.
3: And, and you mentioned that your family and your friends, mentors, they're, they're like, you know what in the world's going on. But, you know, yeah. you, you bet on yourself. That's what it sounds like you've done your whole life. So you bet on yourself. You come back. You get your license in 2018. And obviously, you just talked on why real estate. You're trying to get what you're worth. So you get in the door. You close 106 deals in your first year, rookie of the year. But talk about that. as rookie of the year. But how many months did you do it in? Three months. Three months in your rookie of the year for the whole state. We're not talking about just that office. Three months. Right. 106 deals. Three. I gotta go talk to my wife real quick. I not know. <laughs> but so and then the, the question that begs to be asked is, man, how did you do it?
1: Man, I was literally cold calling, door knocking, going to Kroger, helping folks back groceries, talking to them. My first 30 days in the business, man, I talked to 6,000 people, um, just on the phones or in person and just asking them, hey, you know, I'm new, I'm trying to get my nose wet, trying to get my feet wet, trying to get anything wet I could in this business. Just let me see your house. I don't even want to sell it. Let me see how you, how, how you live. Cause I'm living in an apartment that don't even have a dang on light in the living room. Now that I look back on it. Uh, I had to get my light from opening my blinds and it was just brutal, man. So let me see how you are living, And that was kind of my approach. I was just calling everybody, everybody just trying to see if there's anything in the world I could do for them. Can I come in and change your light bulb? Cause I don't have one. Let
3: uh, me ask you a question, no- man. Yep. Did you or did you not wear your old Miss jersey while you were doing this? I did not. Did not. See, I think you missed out, man. I'm telling you. I think you, that's I a not. missed opportunity. Here's,
1: here's the thing. I did not pull the old Miss card. I didn't even call family. That's right. Like, I wanted
3: man. to. You had 17 Q. siblings. There's a lot of people to buy houses, We're listening still a 10-year-old. That's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got a lot of
1: kids. But. uh my thing about it was, I wanted to build this thing without, because everybody, it's like to this day, they always say, oh, well, he only did that because he played football for Ole Miss. I never mentioned I played football for Ole Miss when i talking to folks. Oh, he only do this because of this, this, this. So they, they try to make all these excuses as to why it happened. I'm going to tell you why it happened, because I woke up every single day as if I was a freshman in college, trying to make a name for myself. And... I didn't leave my office, waking up at five in the morning, starting to uh, prospecting, looking at numbers around 6.30, to be in my office to call by seven, to be calling all day long until seven, eight o'clock at night to wake up the next morning to do it again. I was committed. I had 6,000 bucks left to my name. And I had to either go out there and make something happen or move back home with my parents. I wasn't going back home because I was the first kid and my entire family to go to college. So you think I'm going to go to college and do everything that my brothers and sisters going to look up to me for, my cousins, they're going to look up to me and say, oh, he went to college, so he's able to do X, Y, Z now. So you think I'm going to do all that just to move back home? Heck no. So my back was mr the wall, man.
3: No doubt. Bet on you. So you talked a little bit about it. The biggest thing, the biggest take that I get from just hearing your story and reading about you is $0 spent on marketing. I mean – That's a strategy. That's a. I mean, you mentioned it door to door. You're prospecting. I mean, I'm in sales. I do a lot of this. I've never gone door to door. I'm gonna be honest with you. Maybe I should. But zero dollars on marketing in an industry. You know, obviously, as you know, my wife is in the same industry. That's a that's a bold strategy and one that I haven't seen anybody else use. So tell me why that works so well for you.
1: So um, I talk to people, and they say either you have money for deals, or you have sweat. For deals. Shoot, I didn't have any money. I had 6,000 bucks left. My car at the time was 400 bucks a month. My rent was 900. That's 1,300 bucks. I can really only survive about four months. So you think I have money to spend on leads or marketing? So I said, okay, I don't have the money right now. I got to sweat. So I put in what they call that sweat equity. And the sweat equity, was a $0 approach where I'm not gonna spend any money on marketing leads until I make money. I'm not gonna start off in the negative. So I did only the things that I knew. And there's so many agents and people that doubted it. Oh, it can't be done. Oh, it's not gonna happen. Oh, you need this. Oh, you need that. Let me tell you kids, you don't need any of it. To this day, I still don't have a website. I don't have a CRM. I don't have any of those fancy tools that all these agents have, but you know what I do day in and day out? I outsell their butt. And it's because (laughs) I I get in and I work and I get after and I do it over again. I make people happy and smile and laugh. But that's what I was
2: fixing to say. Let's not pretend that God didn't bless you with a likable personality. That matters because I've had people try to sell me something and when they come off all wrong.
1: Right. And that's what I was going to touch on. And I was going to say, you know, maybe I didn't spend the bucks. When I did, I spent my smile. And I spent my time and I spent my way to connect with anybody because, look, I come up uh, where I'm probably one of three black kids in the entire accounting program. Like at Ole Miss, it wasn't many of us. So I'm in a classroom, all white folks, you know, so I grew up in that environment of knowing how to be around different folks. My favorite people to growing up as a kid to be around was older folks. So I learned a lot about how to connect with the older folks. And, and when when uh, I was in track, one of my closest friends on the track team was, was, was a Chinese guy. So I knew how to relate to the people who were foreign and not from here and how to, you know, their cultures and how to talk and what they value. and I, So I, I kind of pulled all that together and it kind of balled up into me and became my personality that God blessed me with. And that's what I used. Uh, my very first year, my personality. So I tell people all the time, as long as I have my smile a cell phone and a work ethic and it's personality, I can make it happen in any profession and you can too. But what you gotta do is you have to find yourself. You have to find that personality. You have to find what works for you and you have to stick with it. But for me, like you said, yes, I was, I was truly blessed uh, with that personality to where I didn't have to spend uh, money to be able to create business and make folks like me and want to work with me. And still to this day, that's the approach that I use.
3: Yeah, to to dive into a little bit, you have a specific system that you use every day. You talk about getting up early and, you know, saying all the buzzwords, but you have a specific thing you do. Talk us through that. Yeah,
1: so I have a four-point system uh, that I created, and a lot of agents uh, really around the country uses it now. Uh, And it's basically my way to score. You know, I'm not playing sports anymore, so I have to figure out a way – that I can score and I can start over every day, and it's the points. So every single day, I have to get four points. And four points is this you know, a contract is worth four points. A listing agreement, that means someone signing up to say, hey, sell my house, uh, is two points. Showing a buyer, hey, I wanna see this house, that's one point. Meeting potential customers looking to do business in 90 days, oh man, I'm thinking about selling uh, maybe in the spring, that's a half a point. You know, so all those things gathered together, I have to get four points every single day, regardless of how I get it. And every day starts over. Maybe I get eight points today. Tomorrow, I have to get four. Maybe I got 30 yesterday, but tomorrow I have to get get four. And it doesn't roll over. So every day it gives you something new to fight about, because in this industry, it's so easy to make money. And it's so easy to look at money and say, I have six closings, seven closings next month, I'm good. Because that's the money for a month. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you look at it in a way that I have to get up and get four points every day, you're not counting closings. Because the worst thing in my business, I'm not sure about other agents, the worst thing that can happen in my business is a closing. Because now that means I have closed one of my books of business. I'm done with it. I've closed that business down. And unless I open up a new one, I'll be bankrupt before the end of the year. So the worst thing that can happen is closing. The best thing that can happen is I get four points every single day. So every single day, man, I'm I'm gunning for four points. I don't leave my office unless I have it. Uh, I was working late today uh, for the podcast because, man, I was busy and I had to go get four points. I had to go meet a listing and try to get it and make them sign it. And and I wasn't going to leave Mississippi until I got it done.
3: No, I love it, man. I was actually reading an article. I shared it on my LinkedIn today. Uh, from Nick Saban obviously the greatest coach of all time I don't think anybody yes. would dispute that he talked about adaptability right and what they used to be versus what they are now it's adapt or die and you've seen yeah. him reinvent himself and and that's kind of what you're doing with getting up every day wanting the same thing and maybe you don't get it the same exact way every day but you, you still got to get it every day yeah. uh, so I, one last question and we'll get to, uh, to DB's game but Somebody looking to break into the industry. I'm sure you get these questions all the time. People wanting you to mentor them. Somebody looking to break into the industry. What is the one piece of advice you would tell them to do?
1: Yeah. Um, find your brokerage and stick with it. Don't jump from brokerage to brokerage, place to place. It's like jumping from man to man, woman to woman. You, you, you're viewed the same. So if you're going to get in this business, come in with the ideal of nothing, nothing will be given you're gonna have to work, you're gonna to have to align yourself with the right people and you're gonna to have to just stay consistent. Stay consistent meaning staying with one brokerage throughout the process without jumping ship or burn, that, burn all the other ships. It's, it's, it's almost like you have to put all your eggs in one basket and you have to carry that basket until that basket there breaks. And when it breaks, maybe you look at changing and get a new basket at that time. But like I tell people all the time, If you come into this business with a plan B, you're going to have to use it. So come in with all your eggs in one basket. No plan B, burn the ships, all in real estate, and just see where it takes you. And guess what? If plan A doesn't work, you don't go to plan B. You find you
0: another plan A. I love it. Man, you make it sound so simple, but yet it takes a, it, it it takes a level of grit, a level of grind, a level of just dedication to put yourself out there and do those things, man. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to like process all this because like I, I, myself personally, I just got into a field where I'm in charge of a group of sales people. Um, and I was trying to, qualify and quantify systems and ways to help make the job just easier and obtainable every single day. And I think you've you've helped me do that because what what I have learned in this short amount of time being in this role is that the the best sales guys are ex-athletes by nature because it's competitive. Unless you're Randy who you know he he he's a dynamite sales guy. He's the outlier of, of sales. But
3: um, just, I didn't play D1, but let's not, I will compete. I'm going to beat my mama and she passed away a long time ago. I'm still beating that ass and whatever. So,
0: so yeah, I, I think, you know, that four point system is is something that you, you can easily take from day to day, man, and, and really gauge your progress. You know, whether you passed or whether, whether you failed, there's no, Math formula for it. There's no accounting that needs to go into it. It's basically, you know, effort, motivation, and 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 desire to, to, to go out and get something. So man, like I, I tip my hat to you, man. I commend you on all that because it's it's not easy, that's for sure. But um yeah,
3: before,
0: man. yeah, man. Yeah. So before we let you run, we're gonna play a quick little game. We're gonna have some fun. We play it with every guest. It's called uh-huh. this or that. You down? Do
1: it. Is it a speed round type thing?
0: It, it's, it's real quick, <laughs> I, I get, I'll, I'll make it quick for you so you can get out of here, eat your lasagna and- But no, and no, no I'm not, I'm not saying like,
1: um, do, do I have to say just the first thing that comes to my mind
0: type thing or? So I, I'll, I'll break it down for you. I'll give you a question. It'll be one thing or the other and you just gotta choose one of the two. Say less, let's do it. All right, here we go. First question. If I am new, like let's say I'm fresh out of college or maybe I'm I'm into my career a little bit. You know, I got a little little a little cash on hand. I'm doing some big things. Should I rent or should I own something? You should rent. All right. Tell me why. What what's the what's the benefit to renting over owning? I'm sure they both have their 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 pros and cons. So for, for this right. answer, what's so, what's the benefit to renting?
1: So the benefits of renting is for a kid. Uh, like you said, fresh out of college, maybe they have a little money. Uh, they don't understand a all the things that go into owning a house. Uh, maybe they've lived in an apartment throughout college, and the first house they actually live in uh, should be a rental. Someone else's that now they can understand and value and get the love and feeling of what a home is like. Um, and then they should save their money, uh, be educated on the process, and then look to buy after a year, because you don't know if you're gonna be here, fresh out of college, it's just too quick. So if you go somewhere fresh out of college, you might change in six months. So if you rent, now you're able to get up and go versus if you buy and you try to sell six months later, unless you're in this crazy market we're in now, you're probably gonna lose money. So I think your house uh, should definitely be uh, rent, just like you you should date before you get married. You
2: you let me let me tell you. I bought my first house when I was twenty one. I'm now thirty seven. I've rented my last three. I'm backwards, bro.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's, it's, you should have rented first,
0: then fall. All right. So being the being a real estate mogul. All right. What what's a better what's a better profit for you? Uh. uh high-rise condo or a nice place in the city or somewhere in, on beachfront? You tell me. What, what, what's more bang for your buck? What do you get more for?
1: So, beachfront. You All have right. to know where the money goes. More folks want to go to the beach than they want to go to the crowded streets of New York in a high-rise condo. Most folks want to be outside, so they're going to spend their money to stay in your condo but they're going to spend majority of their money to go out and enjoy the town high-rise condos is totally opposite what you want to do is enjoy that condo you want to enjoy the view from the inside maybe if you're going for a wedding maybe but uh bang for your buck definitely the beachfront property
0: gotcha i'm i'm getting closer and closer to that beachfront man maybe maybe 20 more years i'll have my beachfront all right. So would you rather never wait in line again or would you rather never have to wait for another red light?
1: I would rather never wait in line because I use my red lights right now as my time to text on my phone and all that. I hate waiting in line. So my wife will tell you, I don't go to only reason I want to go shopping tonight is because, hey, my wife is living in Nashville now. And then my uh, cleaning lady, uh, she couldn't do it because she had to pick up her daughter. I do not go into grocery stores. If it's a restaurant, we go up there and ask and say, hey, uh, can we get a table? Oh, it's a, she can say two second wait before she even say, oh, it's a, I'm good, but let's go somewhere else. It's, <laughs> I hate waiting in line. That's that's the worst thing that, for me. So I would, I would probably say waiting in line.
0: That's when you get that Uber Eats. You yes. ain't, ain't waiting in line. Oh, Not sir. waiting in line at all. Absolutely. All right, so this, the next two questions are questions that we ask everybody on the show. It's just kind of a, a fun way to, to spice it up a little bit. So yep. if you had the choice, would you rather spend 10 years in a coma or five years in jail?
1: I would rather spend five years in
0: prison. All right, you gotta tell oh, me man.
1: why. I would rather spend 10 years in prison than five years in a coma. Oh,
0: right. okay. That. Let's go. Let's unpack it. Yeah. <laughs> talk Dude. talk to me because I, because I, I know I know what I'm built for, and jail ain't it. Like it just it just ain't.
3: Because he's yeah, one so. of 17 siblings, dog. He's right for,
1: he's he's been lived his life. My <laughs> logic is if I'm in jail, I'm living life every day. I'm not. A lot of people say people in jail are wasting five, 10 years. They're living, they're breathing, they're learning, they're having ideas, they're seeing people. If I'm in a coma, I'm doing nothing. I'm having someone to care for me and sit there and cry and hope that I wake up uh, and maybe I wake up today, maybe I wake up tomorrow and maybe I don't. But if I'm in jail, they can at least talk to me. They can at least ask me how I'm doing and I can respond. They can at least see me and I can see them. Maybe we can't touch each other, maybe we can put our hands up against the glass. But if I'm in a coma, I'm causing problems for everyone else. And the only thing they're thinking about is, when he wakes up, I have to go. And I don't want anyone to be on standby like that, waiting on me to wake up from a coma. I'd rather you come visit me in prison.
0: Very, very well put. Daniel, That's you're
2: a- not allowed to ask that question again. Like, I don't even want to hear uh, another answer.
0: <laughs> me neither like I, I i he made me feel bad about answering coma like like yeah q he's literally talked to anybody who
2: said jail into coma and he has nothing for you right now he's he's fixing to shelve this question
0: I, i'm done i've retired the question we, we're good we're good we'll put it maybe we'll, maybe in two more years we'll bring it back you know, we'll, we'll revisit that all right last question q man is and it's very simple Would you rather have money or would you rather have friends?
1: (sighs) Me, to be honest with you, coming up how I came up and wanting a life that I want, not for me, not for friends, but for my kids, um, I would rather have money. And I say that simply not because I don't have friends or don't believe in friends. It's just, I can't leave my kids, my friends. My friends are gonna die when I die. You know, my, my, my kids can't be friends with my friends, but what my kids can do is take advantage of, of my money. What I can do is change other lives with my money. What I can do is uh, fund projects uh, that I couldn't fund if I didn't have the money, bring awareness to things that I can't bring awareness to if I didn't have the money. Uh, so I would probably uh, take the money and something that you guys will learn about me is, I'm very, 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 very business. Like me and my wife, um, I tell this a quick story. She cried when it was time for her to move to Nashville. Me, I'm like, no, this is what you have to do. This is for our family. Uh, this is a better school. We have. She, she could have stayed home and went to school at a school here. But the school that she got into in Nashville is much better, you know, uh, and it was more so of this what needs to be done. This what has to be done. Um, and I've always been like to make that business decision, that tough decision that's going to put the people around me in a better uh, light. Uh, I've always been able to make it and I feel good about it sometimes, but I would definitely choose the money.
0: Well, I would too. randy randy don't even have to educate you because normally no, <laughs> normally we got these kids on here and the the they're like i'd rather be with my friend hey, hey my friends
2: daniel look the the audience just learned look because usually i get most of the de- uh, the guest queue uh this is a randy gotten guest and it's it's apparent because you chose money because randy has to school all my guests because they pick friends
3: yeah, yeah. I knew Q would pick money. That's the only reason I invited him on.
2: And, and he answered it in such a way, I kind of just want to shelve that question too. You're going to have to come up with
3: a whole new set, DB. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a that's a great answer. But we do get those kids on here that say, oh, no, I need my friends because what do you have? And I'm like, Shh, what you mean what you have? <laughs> money. That's what you have. I tell
1: people, and, and, and here's the thing. I don't make that um, assumption of, because I've had no money and I've had a lot of money. And – I always go back to the times life is a whole lot more fun when you have money.
3: That's what I tell them all, you and know, like money doesn't buy you happiness. I'm like, eh. it can, it can buy you a vacation. Yeah. You, you get, I'm a little happier when I, that I'm not broke. Correct. Correct. It can buy
1: you peace of mind and freedom. And you know, it's, it's when you have money, it allows you to say no to things you just don't agree with when you it don't gives you the opportunity
3: money. to value your time. Correct. You get to choose that value. But I got to unpack one little thing. You said your wife's living in Nashville. And earlier in the episode, you said you were racing Titans players. So were you up there visiting your wife and somehow got into a race with a Titans player? Dude,
1: it was the day before our anniversary. (laughs) Now you limping around. Bro, she was so mad. (laughs) She was like, because here's the thing. The trend is, like, Christmas. I, I heard I forgot what I heard. Uh, her best friend' wedding. I went in the gym and jumped, and something popped in my back. I couldn't go. So it's always like I always get hurt when we have to do something. But uh, one of my friends he called me. I was in Nashville. He said, "Come work out with us. Uh, some of some people up here want to race you." Well, we was gonna race for some money, you oh, know, like fifteen grand money for a race, and I. like I was going to win. So two people, that's 30 grand in two or three seconds for a race. Uh, And man, I I just realized I wasn't training the way that I I should have. When you do something like that, then you go back and say, I thought I was training, but my body wasn't ready for that. And those guys was training every day. So um, now, like I say, I'm healed up. I'm back training like I was in college, really running, really lifting, really pushing my body uh to stay in tip top shape and you never know I might have to race another this one day.
0: <laughs> man, I I ain't even confident enough in the best thing that I do to wager 15
3: grand on it. Like <laughs> and not against <laughs> NFL players. <laughs> yeah. right? I mean yeah. not Just, that you couldn't cue because you you clearly I bet on you could have won. Man. You should. Well I do bet on myself but I also know my limitations. You know this fat boy look right. it's hard to get two fifty running you know. Got, like I,
0: I wouldn't even bet my daughter 15 grand in Candyland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's crazy, but Q, we're going to let you bounce, man. But before you go, anything you want to plug or promote?
1: Man, I just want to um, promote, you know, not being cool. You don't have to be cool. You know, a lot of kids doing this stuff to be cool, going to these places to be cool, smoking, drinking, tobacco. Um, going out partying, just to be cool. It's okay not to be cool. It's okay to say no. It's okay to be yourself. Um, I have, you know, my social media. I can always promote those. But this is really for for me. Anytime I do something, I'm trying to touch and save a life. uh, And something that I want to just promote is be yourself, be cool. Uh, But if you want to follow me on Instagram, the Instagram is at QuintaviousBurdette. Uh, and then you can always find me on Facebook, Quintavius Burdett, uh, on any social media. That's the only thing I kind of promote. Business-wise, real estate, it's going to happen. I'm going to wake up in the morning and do that. Uh, but I want to promote something that is going to really touch somebody's life.
0: Well, when, when we're ready to write that book, you let me know because we got the title. It's Man, cool I'm already- to not be cool.
1: And There we go, cause I'm already working on my first book right now, so hopefully it'll be done by April. We'll see.
0: There you go, man. Well, let it, let us know. We'll, we'll we'll plug it. We'll promote it, and we'll be man, that's you know, awesome. one the First one of the first to get a copy, man. So yes, sir. I appreciate Q. you. Yeah, man. Have a great night, man. And we'll, we'll we'll see you. We'll see you around. If there's anything we can do, like I said, let us know. But we're gonna take a break. We're gonna plug our sponsors when we come back. We got some headlines for you.
2: All right, boys, so you know I've struggled with pain, you know I've struggled with weight loss, you know I've struggled with anxiety, and you know I've struggled with sleep. What if I told you there was a place that could help you with all of these things? True Life Dispensary, pain relief without narcotics, sleep, weight loss, anxiety relief. You can find this at 117 West Commerce Street in Hernando, hours Monday through Friday, 9 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 5. So check them out and get your life turned around. Tattoos have become more of a normal part of society. And, you know, one of the things that's a common mistake that people do is they just go anywhere, you know, closest place maybe, whatever's convenient. And a lot of times they get a piece of art that stays on them forever that maybe they don't like so much. So let me help you and eliminate that problem. Go see Jeff Lee Watts. Easy Flea Tattoos, you can find him on Facebook or Instagram, and you can find him at 1731 Dancy Boulevard in Horn Lake. Number is 662-280-0763.
0: Welcome back to the End the Bench Podcast. We got some headlines for you, and guys, we're going to lead off with Major League Baseball as always. And I'm going to start by saying I told you so. I told both of y'all suckers and Dodgers were going to be in the wild card because the giants were going to win the division and damn it if I wasn't right. But, you know, with that, I mean, the Dodgers are a wild card. They're the best wild card team in it. Um, and due to their record, I mean, they won over a hundred games, finishing one game short of winning the division. And when you look up, at the wild card matchups, you got New York and Boston. You got St. Louis and the Dodgers. Um, you look at those two pitching matchups. I mean, what you're getting Wainwright versus Scherzer. Like you look at those two names, and like that immediately attracts attention. Um, you know, even over a guy like Garrett Cole for the Yankees and Nathan Evaldi for the Red Sox, like, I, I could care less about that game. Give me Wayno, give me Scherzer, let me see what they got to offer. Um, but I'll start with you, Randy. You know, the last week of the, the regular season leading into the, the playoffs, or, you know, was it everything you thought it was going to be? Are you excited leading up? Um or did you kind of want some chaos in the American league with a 14 tie and, and, and a play-in game and all the different scenarios that would have came with that?
3: I definitely wanted chaos. Uh, I wanted it to be four-way tie. I wanted 2 play in games to see who plays the other one game play in. I, I wanted all that. And I was kind of sad that the NL didn't really have any drama because the Cardinals kind of erased that. The only drama we had was would the Dodgers catch the giants and I got to come on here publicly and say, DB, you were right. You said that. I, me and Jim stuck with the Dodgers, just really thought they'd pull it out. And, um, you know, now I'm going to switch the channel because I got to root against them, obviously. And I think the Cardinals, it's a great matchup. Historically, it's a great matchup. You said, you
2: said last week that it didn't matter which one the Cardinals faced, they was going to win anyway. So stand by it. Stand by it.
3: Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm all St. Louis. I just, you know, it, it, I think Los Angeles might be the best wild card team ever to be in this one game, But I mean, you brought up a
2: point. Whose, whose number does St. Louis have when it come, comes, comes oh, to these definitely, matchups?
3: Definitely the Dodgers. And they historically don't have the giants number in the playoffs. So I'm not, of course we got to beat them both. Right. But I'd rather have one game against the giants because I just, in a series, we have not had good success there.
0: Yeah. I look, looking at it. I mean, it could go either way. You got two, you know, you got Wainwright who's, arguably the best pitcher in the second half of baseball. You've got Max Scherzer, you know, you know two World Series champions, you know, guys that get it done. Um, and the Dodgers, man, to be honest, like, they got some guys that are hurt. They got some guys that are questionable. They even play uh, Wednesday night. So, Jim, I'll ask you, what, what does the Cardinals have to do to take them down or just keep doing what they've been doing?
2: I mean, it's pretty as simple as getting to Scherzer early. Um, you don't wanna you don't wanna let him get extended innings as we talked about last week with any any good pitcher and then them be able to get to their bullpen. So I think they gotta find a way to get to him early. And the way they've been hitting um makes me believe that it's very possible. So I mean, um, I think we have the potential to do it. And you know what? I like you know how I like the fanboy. I'm calling it, man. Like Tyler O'Neill's hit a bomb on that dude. First inning, I don't give a damn.
0: If if he does that, are you gonna be able to keep your clothes on?
2: No, man. I'm. I am. I am full. I'll call it right here. Nobody come near my house. Don't look in the windows
0: because I'm going streaking. Hide, hide your wife. Hide your kids. Randy, <laughs> what are, what are the Cardinals got to do to win?
3: I think Jim touched on. It. They they really got to get to Scherzer. I know the Dodgers bullpen is uh, legitimate. I was actually just looking this up, and this is just makes me realize our age, gentlemen. Max Scherzer was born July twenty seventh, nineteen eighty four. Oh, I mean, this dude. We 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 look at this guy, him and Wainwright, like they're old and and you know about to retire, which you know yes. they're not far from it, and they're well, like our age. Well, the guy that
2: makes me nervous, and he ends up with twenty wins this year. But if you remember what Julio Urias did last year for them and basically pitched – it felt like he pitched every game. He's going to be the guy I think they go to immediately if there's any kind of trouble. And so that's, that's what makes me nervous.
3: Also, fun fact, Max Scherzer, you guys know where he was born? St.
2: Um, Louis.
3: St. Louis, Missouri.
2: I got, I got that on a guess. I didn't know that.
0: It's a good fun fact. Hey, so – You want to uh, know another fun fact? Max Scherzer doesn't have the same colored eyes. That's true. So so I want to
2: say this on the American League, Daniel. I think the problem was, you know, obviously um, you even said that Tampa may take one from from New York, but they were going to take series. The problem was we couldn't get the drama because they all four were matched up against either crappy teams or teams who had nothing to play for. Like, it, it really sucks that none of them were playing each other.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing though. Tampa, the night previous, just housed those dudes twelve to two. So, I mean, I I don't, I don't put a whole lot of stock into that. They didn't want to win. What I will say is that Kevin Cash, being a, a metric guy, probably was like, you know what, it's the numbers are against us to win three in a row um let's rest some folks let's do this let's do that i didn't personally watch the game um but you know i I could easily see that that be that happening not that they didn't want to win they just didn't have the arsenal you know in in the right positions to win um you know obviously you know as a as a mariner if you're a mariner fan or a blue jays fan that kind of pisses you off um but, I mean, at the end of the day, New York and Boston did what they had to do, which was just win, just flat-out win. And I don't – to be honest, if if you go back and look, I don't know if the Mariners or the Blue Jays even won their respective games. So – The uh,
2: the Blue – one of them lost, one of them won all of them. I feel like it was the Mariners who lost their final game. But I think they also played after it was locked up. Um I will say this, though, on that New York Boston thing, you know, because it was, it just happened last week, last weekend. You know, John Carlos Stanton with three home runs, 10 RBIs hitting it over Fenway. They talked about built, they needed to build the wall 50 feet higher to stop him from hitting bombs. That's all I can think about. And so that's why I think New York's just going to go in there and do the same thing. I I can only go with recency bias, and I just watched them smash them. So I think you're
3: right because Boston really, I mean, they're not they're it's average baseball right now. I mean
2: and then Garrett Cole on the mound, as Daniel alluded to. Like I give me, give me him and then give me that batting lineup.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's Garrett Cole in the playoffs, it's hard to beat. I'll, I think and, Daniel wants the
2: Yankees to win anyway because he wants to be able to talk crap to us if the Rays beat the Yankees. N-
0: not necessarily, but if you look back on history and Tampa's success against the Yankees, you would prefer to play the Yankees over their success in the playoffs against Boston, which isn't very good. Um, you know, e- either of the two teams, I think even though New York is traveling to Boston, like I, I, I think they, with Garrett calling the mound and those bats swinging it the way they are, I think they got a good shot of, of Randy, winning.
2: Randy, we got great, great chance to get back. If the Cardinals by chance do lose, we both said we would have the Dodgers beating the Giants, and we both said we'd have the Yankees beating the Rays. We have a chance to get back. It's okay.
3: We do. We do. And I, I'll expect the same thing I did. I'll expect a public shout-out. Yeah, let me, get,
2: let me get my apology in there, Daniel. I, don't, I didn't even want to do it, but since Randy did it, I, man, I'm sorry. You're
0: right. Hey, I, I appreciate that. So, I mean, here's, here's the, the, the golden question for you guys is let's talk nationally. Let's talk wild card right now. Who wins? Jim, I'll start with you. Who wins the game? I'm going to go Cardinals 4-3. to three. All right, Randy, who wins? Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they got a lot working in their favor, guys. I mean, they've got, you know, they're playing really well. They got the right guy on the mound. They're swinging the bat really well. And on top of that, they got something outside of winning to play for. So
2: let's make that prediction uh, we talked about um, last episode. Who's, what's all, what's all pick? Who's the first guy out the pen if Wayne Wright gets in trouble? Randy, you go first.
3: I'm, you know, I want to say it's going to be Jack Flaherty, but reading, like, his Instagram the last couple of days, I feel like they're going to bring him back as a in a starting role. So, that's going to be really, really tough. Because I want it to be Jack Flaherty. I just think that would give him the juice, right? Let's we'll see. Man.
2: Hopefully, this is a, you know, a, a moot conversation, but – I want to know just just because I just want to see if we can predict this right.
3: All right, you you go. Give me a second. Give me a second.
2: I'm going to say because that that was who I wanted to say as well, but I think you're right, and I just don't know that he's he's came back and had the sharpness and the confidence that he did have. Um, and I would I would he'd probably rather yep. be rolled out as a starter.
3: Can we roll, can we put some like a little bit of perspective on this? Are we talking like in trouble, like in the early third inning? Yeah, or we yes, talking about I'm talking
2: right? about I'm talking about early. I'm not talking about your normal bullpen roll. So I'm gonna go with oh, uh, because like I, said, I told you, I think it'd be too early for Gallegos.
3: Um, Definitely too early for him. Probably too early for Reyes.
2: I think so, Daniel might have been on. Daniel might not have been wrong about Lester.
0: Lester's the guy, man.
3: It's yeah, I think I think that's got to be the guy. I mean, yeah, I think you you're right. Experience. You want a veteran
0: experience. Yeah, you want you want a guy with experience. You don't. You want to. You don't want to blow up your rotation if you do figure out a way to win, because you're gonna have to turn around two days later and either you're gonna put Jack Flaherty on the mound or Mikolas is gonna be on the mound. At the worst case, you throw Hap out there, who you know. He, he's he's a winner too. Like, he, he may not be the, the best arm that they have. But you when you look at some of these relievers, I mean, you look at guys like Andrew Miller, who's been a reliever and can go. Um, oh, like, it's going to be, it's going to
2: be Guyagos, Miller, and Reyes if you can get there to yeah. get dicks out of them.
3: I'm, I'm officially, made. I think it's going to be Hap. Because I think Lester, because you're going to be in a, a, a best of five in the wild card, I think Lester is going to be a starter. I'm going to go Hap.
0: Not a not a bad not a bad option either. Like uh, I said, I hope this is this
2: conversation doesn't even matter. But I just if I was Wainwright curious.
3: can get to the sixth inning, it'll be Reyes. He'll he'll be the first one in.
0: Yeah, I mean if, if Wainwright gets through if Wainwright gets through five, they're gonna play it like you, a normal game. You, you would gonna, do Reyes, Reyes go, before
3: Gaigos? Well Gaigos is gonna close it. Close it. Yeah, so? I'm yeah.
0: going i I'm gonna get Reyes, get get them in, get you through as as many as you can get, uh, play it, you know, as it goes, you might need a, a lefty to come in there, a righty, depending on situations. But at the end of it, if you're, you know, two outs in the eighth inning, you better look for a guy. But on the flip side, you got to be winning the game to to make all, right, all the, so, so let's say,
2: let's say you win last prediction. We can move on. All right, who who is your top performer of the game from the from the, from the batting side of things? Who who you predicted if the Cardinals do in
0: fact win? arnato Daniel. I'm not gonna go Tyler O'Neill because I don't want to hate your thunder. I I think I'm <laughs> gonna go. I think I'm gonna go Harrison Bader.
3: Oh, Ooh, I thought I he's like gonna that. go.
0: I thought he's gonna go Goldie. I, I was
3: gonna go Goldie, but because I think he's so consistent. But I just went Arnado because I think he's due uh, that breakout big Cardinal moment. Because if you look back on it, the guys always had big moments. He struggled this year with his average. He's made for these moments, and you got to have that cart to be a legend in a Cardinal Nation. You got to have that moment. You know, you got to have the David Freeze moment.
0: I just think of it in terms of of odds. The odds of better pitching from a Scherzer is not going to go to Goldsmith, Tyler O'Neill, or Nolan Arnado.
3: It's going to go to
0: it's going to go to somebody like a Dylan Carlson or a Harrison Bader. The, but the beautiful part
2: about you saying that is, I just I love that that's your three, four, five. Like you can't you can't go around somebody though.
0: No, but you know what you what you can say is that Scherzer's going to be on his game and. and of those three, four, and five, hopefully, you know you get one of them on, and and somebody outside of you know somebody in that six, seven has a chance to move somebody across the plate. The
3: question yeah. that I have for y'all is, uh, who makes the start at shortstop, Sosa or DeYoung?
0: DeYoung. Oh, I don't know. Let me, let me flip a coin.
3: Yeah, you can't pick either or neither. Sosa. <laughs> I'm going to go with DeYoung, too, just because I think Sosa's still a little too banged up.
0: Next question. Does Lars get an A-B?
3: No. <laughs> Negative.
2: You know what I hope, though? Honestly, I hope we're all wrong, and I hope it's Yachty, by the way. I want of Yachty course. to hit a three-run bomb, dude. Let's go. I need,
0: I don't, all I need Yachty to do is him and Wainwright to be in sync. It's so That's beautiful.
2: It. It's so poetic that they get to just do this again.
0: All right. So let let's, let's look, let's look on the flip side. If the Dodgers win, are you guys Dodgers fans or are you Giants fans?
3: First of all, I'm not either fan. <laughs> I will only be rooting for the Atlanta Braves after the Cardinals are dis. Missed,
2: but we like being right, so his answer is the Dodgers because we want to be right. All right, so I, I
0: guess I guess next week we'll we'll do full predictions for the entire playoffs. We're just gonna do wild card. Today. I'm gonna go ahead and
2: give you a prediction for a game that will take place though, because I seen it when you had it pulled up on the uh, Thursday. Give me give me the White Sox to take game one from the Astros. Not a chance. Yeah, no way. Not a, not a chance. I expect an apology myself, fellas. Since I just gave one out, you'll get it. But dude, they're playing games back to back right out the gate. Thursday, Friday. Oh. I saw that on Chicago. I yeah, like bro, I like that. Well, you know, a lot of times they'll they do this scheduling and they'll always put days. no, not those
3: days. best of fives. They go back yeah. to back every time, and then they go one day, one day rest. Boom, back at it. One and then two, back to back.
2: All right. Well, then that means the White Sox are going to be. Uh, they'll. I'll say
0: they'll be notched up when we come back on here. Then. So let me let me burst your bubble. The Brewers are gonna win this series. Not a chance. In Three in three games.
3: Not a chance. Oh man.
0: Oh, three three games.
3: Brewers have been backpedaling. No. I keep saying, but the Brewers only backpedal when they stop playing people, though. They don't yeah. I don't think they were trying to win nothing.
0: I I um I saw I saw this in the Cowboys game with Diggs. they we're gonna have they've been having player management. Your 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 best defensive defensive guy gets pulled out of the entire fourth quarter and he's got two picks in the game for player management.
3: That was a weird, weird coaching decision.
0: Yeah. So we'll we'll get I'll into tell, all I'll that. I'll tell you,
3: I'll tell you now, what,
2: bro. Daniel. If the sock I know you don't even care about these things, but if the sock, or excuse me, I can sound socks, if the, the Brewers beat the Braves, I will give you my Ric Flair limited edition diamond version Funko Pop that's worth some jack. I will send it to you for free. How, how much jack is it worth? It's already worth like 60 and I only paid $9.99 for it. That's, that's, that's good equity when I only bought it like two months ago.
0: I'll tell you what, why don't you just give me 50 bucks? No. And we'll call, call it even.
2: I'm not going to give you money i just bet you money if you want to do that,
0: man. That's messed up. You wouldn't even give your boy some money. That's I've cool. been sending you boxes weekly. Shut up. All right. Well, wild card tomorrow night. Got the the Yankees and the Sox. Um, I could care less. Um, but I think the Yankees are going to do it. Um, but we'll see. So next week, guys, be prepared. The we'll break down the entire playoff series. We'll have the wild cards out of the way, and we should be well into the divisional series. Um, we'll see how it goes, but moving forward, let's talk college football what a what a week for Randy Randy, what a week I mean, you couldn't have picked any any better you were you were perfect you were I was, absolutely, I was due. absolutely perfect so um. Going into this this uh going into last week's games the standings were Jim you had 7, Randy you had 8, I had 15. This week it is Jim you still have 7. You got 0 points this week. I still have 15. I got 0 points this week. Randy you got 6 points. You won every game. You're at 14. You're 1 behind me. In just one week, man, like that's that's incredible. Like, how how do you feel right now? You feel good, don't you?
3: First thing I want to do is just, you know, thank my fans for being there for me, believing in me when I was down. And so this week, I'm gonna go undefeated. And when you hear us talk again, I will be alone in first place.
0: That's that's a bold prediction. So let's uh, let's get there. Let's get there. Um, Jim, you're you're in in last place. I'm going to let you do your pick first.
2: Is the game of the week Iowa-Penn State, obviously, three versus four? Just asking.
0: So, like, here's what I don't understand, and, and maybe you guys can help me. Game day, this isn't college game day. But to Three versus is... four is a game day? That's crazy. Where are right. they at? I think they're Oklahoma
2: and Texas, I think. Oh, well, th- I mean, that's, that's that a, that's a bigger.
3: That's a bigger draw.
2: Yeah, I I actually get that, and I think it probably doesn't help that it's at Iowa. But
3: y'all know my rule: if you play at eleven a.m., you don't, you should not get game day. Period. Period.
0: Well, I mean, I think the Iowa Penn State game's at four o'clock.
3: Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the <laughs>
2: point.
0: Oklahoma is eleven.
3: Yeah, they're yeah. they're eleven a.m.
2: So we're caught. Call- we'll forget what College Game Day says. We're going with the mid afternoon game. that's three versus four. It only makes sense to me. I think that's game. I think that's the game of the week.
0: All right, Jim. So you got Iowa is giving three points. So Penn State's the underdog by three points. Dude, I'm a believer in Penn State.
3: Full so on you're, believer.
0: You're taking Penn State with the point. Yep. All right, Randy. Who are you taking?
3: Oh, Penn State. Right. I'm I'm James Franklin till the end till the wheels fall off.
0: You know. When when you when you play in Iowa, it's don't talk it's, about the
2: kids coming across the
0: thing. Don't do that. It, it's special. Oh, oh here you go. Don't do it's it. Special. <laughs> oh. I don't I don't know if Iowa has ever had a bigger game than this. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. I don't know. But this to my knowledge is the biggest game I've ever seen Iowa be in. Penn State's had a few of these type of games. All right? But I think Iowa is due. So give me Iowa to win.
2: They, they do have one of the coolest traditions, hands down, though, with those kids, the, the hospital being able to, to watch.
0: So my, my question to you guys, should they do a – Blackout game or a light up game? Iowa. Did they wear all yellow or all black?
3: All Blackout. yellow.
2: <laughs> Blackout yellow would be ugly.
3: It would be. Like remember when the Rams yellow. The
2: Rams, yeah, exactly. The Rams, the all yellows. Uh-uh.
0: All right. You know, Jim, since you're you're you really didn't get to pick first because the game of the week was Really gotcha. what we decided on. I'm going to let you go first with your small, small dog game, less than seven points. Who, who are you taking? Michigan. That's a, That was on my list. I had two on my list, and it looks like that. Michigan
2: one. just needed to not be ranked and believed in to start winning games. It's crazy.
0: I mean – Can somebody help me with why that's only a three-point spread? (laughs) Nebraska is not good, correct? Yes, this is Scott. Scott Frost is on the way out. We've talked about this. I mean, does winning this game do anything for him? I don't think so.
2: No, and if he gets – if they get trashed in their house, even if Michigan is ranked the way they are, I think it could be the week that he goes.
0: So, I – i'm I'm saying that you're you're gonna take Michigan, mhm, all right, Randy, what's your game? actually, I should go next
3: yeah loser <laughs>
0: you're 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 in second place. We'll follow the rules you go next,
3: who you got uh small dog. I've been really looking at this, and I think and I, and I might even be taking one of yours. Give Don't. me. Give me your Memphis Tigers winning outright at Tulsa.
2: I don't All think right, Daniel was taking that because he's taking Memphis. I, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm I'm bitter from last week and the week before. Like I, I'm trying getting, to
3: will them into getting this thing right, DB. I
0: I hope
2: they do. I have I really a problem do. with going last on the next one because I 100%
0: know that one of the two of y'all is taking my own. Damn it. So Randy's taking the Tigers, getting three. All right, so I, I, my, my spread's a little higher than y'all's little rinky-dink three-pointers. I'm going to go give me Wake Forest over Syracuse, and Wake is the favorite by six and a half. So that's that's who I'm taking. Wake Forest, baby. I had Michigan and Nebraska on there as as another option, but I I kind
2: of like Wake Forest. Wake Forest ain't been relevant in sports since Chris Paul and Tim
0: Duncan played there. I can't believe it. And guess what? They fixing to show you who the, who they are. You mm. meet them 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 Deacons.
2: You should have you should have now that I can say it. You should have took Oklahoma. Texas sucks.
3: No. Nope. Oklahoma that. sucks. Yeah, not right. as bad as Texas. I don't know. I'm going give me. I, I would take Texas if I had to pick that game. I almost
0: I would Texas. take this one right here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would not.
0: No. Nah, uh, all right, Jim.
3: It's I'm your. Turn. Get for, I get to oh, go first. I get to go first. Oh, oh yeah, oh, it's your turn. No, Snake let me style. go first because one bad. of
2: y'all is gonna pick my game. No, Snake I need the points. DBSU
3: points.
0: You're right. You're right. It's me. So I, right. I'm taking. I'm taking Georgia. God, you son this, of a.
2: That's bitch. mine. I'm. Ma- Ma-
0: they're gonna mollywop Auburn.
2: That's the easiest <laughs> pick of the week.
0: Well, I'm sorry, bro. I... Do do better. I don't know <laughs> what to tell. I, I'm doing worse. I
2: should get to pick first every round. Man, <laughs> that's the most millennial thing you've ever
3: said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe you didn't take LSU over Kentucky, Jim. I'm disappointed in you,
0: man. All oh. right, Randy, who you got?
3: Uh, let okay seven F- or F- seven. LSU oh, no, over more. Kentucky. No, that's there's that line's too little.
2: I know
3: it's only three, and I don't want to. There's not a lot of really big lines here. Thirteen. And a half. <laughs> I Don't like that one. I don't want to go against my own rule. I said I wasn't going to do that again, picking my own team. Uh, man, give what? me what we got to say.
2: I said I just saw one that got me salivating. You're probably fixing to say it.
3: You know, I want man. Ah, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Give me Alabama over A&M, 17 and A and M oh.
0: But you know what we said this last week: Alabama over Ole Miss, and is Ole Miss a better team than Texas A&M? Yes, yes. So I, I think you, I think you're good. I, honestly, I, I, I think right.
2: I think both y'all picking the two picks of the pick just
0: sucks. The the only the only thing playing against you is that it's an eight p.m. game and it's at A and M, and our guest. Just told us how difficult it is to play there.
3: Johnny Mantel is not walking through those doors.
0: No. But he did play 70. in Baton
2: Rouge on Saturday night, though.
0: All right, Jim. Who you got?
2: Coastal Carolina on Thursday night, 19 point favorite against Arkansas State. That's mm-hmm. a
3: good pick, actually, because Arkansas State sucks. Yeah, and brick by brick.
0: Coastal Carolina is whooping everybody. All right. What's the line on that, Jim? 19. Whew. Coastal.
3: Oh, m- breaking news. Justin one, Herbert. One, yes, one minute, 21 seconds to go. The Chargers are up 28-14. Justin Herbert is 25 of 38, 222 yards and three touchdowns, no picks. MVP. MVP. Hear the chants from here. I mean,
0: he didn't even beat Dallas.
3: MVP. MVP. <laughs>
0: I can hear him. Get it. Get it. All right. So let's 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 talk a little bit about this past weekend. Um, Jim, I'll give you the floor first. LSU, give us an update. What'd you see? How'd they do? What's what do they got to do this week?
2: Finish the game. They, I mean, first of all, they had a 13 point lead, but then the second part would be to tackle. It's been a problem every game. Um, I'll give Bo Nix all the credit in the world. That's why I said that Johnny Manziel was in Baton Rouge. Um, he was ridiculously elusive, and I'll give him his credit. But also LSU's got to make better tackles. But he ended up having the Sports Center number two play. I would have, I would have probably gave it one. Um, I don't, I don't know that he could have done any more. And what I want to say is, and I and I told you guys, and so for anybody who's listening, I read Drew Brees' book, um, you know, last month, and he said the first time he got benched, um, the feeling was so terrible that he never wanted it to happen again. And Bo Nix got benched last week um, against uh, somebody terrible like Georgia State or something. Um, Anyway, that clearly um, registered with him because he came out and balled out. So, got to give him his due. I tried to give him his due on social media, but Bama fans ruined it um, naturally because they suck. Um, But shout out Bo Nix. Way to get it done. LSU, way to not finish a game. And that's why I didn't take them this week, Randy. I don't. I don't have enough belief,
3: bro. Their next five weeks, six. Well, man, ah, they're, taking,
2: they're,
0: they're taking all else, and and let, oh, it's gone. Let me. All right. So that's where I wanted to go with this. How many of the next five does it take losing before they say enough is enough? Don't wait. Don't wait till it's
2: all said and done. But for the people that I've seen from the LSU Nation saying he's still got another year because of the championship. Not if. Not if you lose. Would that Will would we just say that would be six straight in the SEC? No, no, no. So,
0: so, it. how many does he have to win to keep his job? At least two. At least two. And, I mean, the
2: only possible ones is this week <laughs> with Kentucky and then Arkansas, I would say. Because Ole Miss, even with what happened this week, LSU's defense has got so many issues, I can't see Ole Miss not hanging the points up on them. And then Alabama's going to obviously
0: railroad them. All right. So they got, they got K- Kentucky this week, obviously. I guess a and is beatable. I mean, it, it, here, here's the logic that, that you can present, okay? If you beat Kentucky, that means Florida is beatable. If you beat those two teams, then you would have to think that a and is beatable. All right? We don't really know who Ole Miss is because we think they're good, but they just got housed by Alabama. But then again, it's Alabama. So it's hard to say where they really stand. Same thing with Arkansas. Arkansas finally played somebody and, and got, got
3: work.
2: You know, I've, so, seen, I've seen a defense now. They did, uh, Auburn did it to LSU. I watched Memphis do it to Mississippi State. When you have no run game – and you allow defenses to drop eight men back, you ain't never going to be able to win
0: a game. And LSU can't run the ball. Well, they, they're they going to have to figure something out, or or coach going to be out, and they're going to be looking it. I mean, think, a, think, think uh, about, about that, fellas.
2: I'll, I'll end on this. Think about this, fellas. That's all LSU used to be able to do. All they could do was run the ball. Now they can't run the ball to save their lives. It's the craziest damn thing.
0: Hey. Hey. They got some work to do, that's for sure. Randy, talk to me about Tennessee. Give me, give me a recap. They just, they look. I mean, it's Missouri, but they look good, right?
3: Yeah, what they did point? look good. And and to to what Jim was just talking about, they what what Tennessee has been able to do in every game this year really is run the football. And they were able to run for over four hundred and twenty-five yards against Missouri. And it is Missouri. And what happened is they came out and jumped on them early. And what the defense is, even though they're building it, they're actually in the top 20 in uh, rush defense, and that's even after playing Florida. And they jumped on them quick. I mean, they think it was 28 to nothing in the first quarter, 45 to 10 at halftime. I mean, it was big play after big play. And, uh, yeah, Missouri's defense is bad. But we also saw Missouri in a very close game with Kentucky just two weeks prior. So, I, I don't think that Missouri – is a little overstated how bad, you know, they were because, I mean – I just think that Tennessee is going to score points. And I think this week is a, a winnable game. You you should win it. Matter of fact, they're favored by double digits. I didn't take them because that's crazy talk. And then to your same logic, you beat Missouri, you beat South Carolina. You know, you're, what are you, four or five and, yeah, you're five and two then going into Ole Miss at home. Uh, there's R- Lane Kiffin coming back. You know, it's going to be a hostile environment. I, I, you know, hey, going into Alabama, yeah, that's not a game you're going to win, but you could be six and two. I mean, if, if things break the right way, they're, they're figuring it out, and I think that's the best thing is you're seeing a team that's finding an identity. Whether or not they're going to go to a bowl, we we don't know, but they're finding an identity, and that's crucial for building culture.
0: Let let's say they win against South Carolina, then they have this gauntlet of 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 four games, Ole Miss, Alabama, Kentucky, Georgia. Is it is it okay to lose all four?
3: No, you gotta win one. You gotta win one. Yeah, and With- and you gotta win. First of all, you always beat Kentucky. Let's be real. But uh, I don't. I mean, Ole Miss. I think it's going to be a shootout. And I mean, I know Kiffin's one of the best in the game at calling plays. But I mean, I think Heupel is going to be. He'll be ready. He'll have the offense ready, dialed up. And you can run the ball on Ole Miss. What All right.
0: So let let me let me throw another scenario out there. Let's say you you beat Ole Miss. Let's say you beat South Carolina. You beat Ole Miss. See you lose to Alabama you beat Kentucky, you get Georgia at home. Are you no. feeling confident? No, no.
3: <laughs> Let me cut you off there. No, you're not feeling confident, but then you, so let's just say that you do what you said. You lose to Alabama and Georgia cause you should. And then you end with South Alabama and Vanderbilt. You should win those games. I mean, there's a path where they could win seven games and, go to and there's the an outside, ball. outside chance. They could win eight games. I mean, if he does that, first of all, if he goes to a bowl in his first year, that's a huge success. If he wins seven games and he, or even eight, that's huge to build on recruiting because that's what we don't know about Josh Heupel is can he recruit? You don't have to recruit right. at Central Florida; you have to recruit at Tennessee.
0: So, with with all that, Randy, let's let's talk Memphis since. So we, we, we were chatting about, about Tennessee going to a bowl, and we jokingly said this might be the year that Tennessee and Memphis get mashed up in a bowl. Um, I don't see it. I, I, I mean, I see a scenario where, where Memphis makes a bowl game, but it's, it's going it, to be like a Gasparilla bad boy mowers bowl. Um, you know, is that okay for this year?
3: No, I don't think it is. I think it, any way you look at it, it's a it's a downward slide, and you don't have momentum, right? Because you, everything you talked about before was Memphis was always building to something, and now it, this feels like they've regressed, and and it's self inflicted. That's the worst part about it, and that's what you didn't tend to see under uh, Norvell, which is ironic, seeing as how well what he's got going on now.
0: Yeah, I, I'm still kind of baffled at everything because um, I don't. I don't know what to put my finger on and what the reason is. I don't think it was necessarily all coaching this week, as much as I thought last week was mostly coaching. Um, I will say none of the coaches are out there turning the ball over uh, in temple territory where leads to two scores and, and you end up losing the game, but you know um, by just a little bit. So, Jim I don't know if you had a chance to watch the game, but i mean you you listen to to the radio today. what are they saying and and what's the what's the message moving forward
2: i mean it's I touched on a little bit with l s u but it's a lot deeper with Memphis because they've gotten much larger leads than l s u um, the ability to to close games and you know. I, to me, I look at I look at coaches more than players in situations like this because, um, you you gotta be able to get your team to keep your foot on the gas and be able to, um, you know, put teams away. Like I understand the players are playing the game, but like when I look at blown leads like that multiple times against inferior opponents. Um, I, I look at the coaching staff on that one. And so I think they need to reevaluate themselves just as much as the players need to reevaluate, reevaluate them, um, themselves. But I will say this as not seeing it, but as you said, listening them talk about it, it's the first time that I've heard any real negative talk about the quarterback and him actually showing signs of being a freshman. Um, which I mean, to be honest, to get this many games in a season and that happened, um, isn't the worst thing in the world.
0: Yeah. Very true. All right, guys, uh, let's move forward. NFL. Um, you know what? We, we talked, you know, we scheduled NFL for last for a reason. I think I hear so, my mom calling me. I gotta go. So, uh, yeah, we, we scheduled it because Monday night football, we, we needed to see how it was going to play out. I think Randy, you were, you didn't need to see how it was going to play out. You knew how it was going to play out. Um, it played out exactly the way you thought. Uh, your boy having another good game beat, you know, the 3-0 and Raiders by 14 points, um, doing what they do. So, you know, let's start with this, you know, Randy, and I'll, I'll start with you. What this week was shocking to you, surprising to you, or something of note when it comes to NFL this week?
3: J E T S Jets Jets Jets. jets. Uh, so, I like,
0: knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. So, you know, n- none of us are Jets fans, at, no, by any means. But when they beat the Titans, it's always nice. But do the Titans really have something to worry about right now? Because what I what I've been, you know, at work, I'm telling people like, if even. Best case scenario, you tie. You that's still a loss against the Jets to me. And y'all Agreed. know how I feel about ties.
3: Agreed. I, I but when it comes down to it, that could be their way they win the division if it's close in the end. And I think most people predict it to be close in the end if the if the Colts can kind of right the ship. That was the thing that was most surprising. And I know the first thing Titans fans are going to say is they're missing their top two receivers. And those aren't just any top two receivers. They are. But I wasn't having
2: I wasn't having that, Randy, because I told somebody that actually said that in a group text. I said, name me a Saints receiver. And he couldn't, uh, outside of Michael Thomas, and he couldn't name one. I said, exactly.
3: Yeah, but I think that might further prove their point because y'all don't have any receivers and they have two all pro receivers and they didn't have either one of them. I don't, but here's the thing. Everybody's starting to, if you have Derrick Henry and, and Ryan Tannehill and your defense is there, they're mainly healthy, you should beat the Jets regardless. You don't need AJ Brown. Um and you you don't need um damn, just what's his other one's name? You slipped my mind. Julio. Julio Jones. You don't you should not need them guys to beat the Jets. The Jets and the Giants are the two worst teams in football. That's I mean, they're they're horrible. And you you and both of them pick up wins this weekend over teams they had no business winning against. That's what surprised me. New York came out a winner and they should. Absolutely. Jim, what surprised
0: you? What was your takeaway from the games this weekend?
2: Um, it's not surprising me in the fact that they won. Um, you know, I obviously had optimism in the Browns coming into this year. I told you all, they were going to take another step forward and win the North. Um, God, that game was boring. It was boring, but that's where I'm going to go with this. Um, in their, in their four games, they have only allowed 250 yards per game, which is best in the NFL, um, have second best for 14 sacks. And so, um, you know, they even they hadn't even had an explosive offense yet. Landry's hurt. OBJ's just came back. Um, it's really just been a, the Hunt and Chubb show. Um, Mayfield hadn't had big sacks, but um, that defense is legit. And so, coming into this year, you know, they knew the defense would be good, but more people were probably focused on the weaponry of the offense when really it's the defense and that Browns team looks really good. I mean, they shut Dalvin cook down to like 32 yards. Like, and so that, that's my biggest takeaway. It's not the Browns winning, but how good that Browns defense really is and how much potential if that offense gets rolling, that that
0: team's a legit threat. Look, there's not many shows I won't watch, but I'm not watching Hunt and Chubb. Just not doing
2: it. Just not doing it. Well, I got a Buffalo Wild Wings where all the games are on, so I get to just see it all. So,
0: Well, there you go. Uh, for me, I think the surprise is it's in the Cardinals and Rams games, and, and, and it's how good the Cardinals actually are, and, or is it how – Okay, not okay. The Rams are a good team, but maybe they were a little over advertised i
2: don't um, I don't think they're over advertised. I think the Cardinals are that good. I think the surprise would be how many points they're putting up without Hopkins being the guy he's he's actually hitting everybody else.
0: Hey, uh, whatever they're doing is working and and maybe it's just a culture thing you know they they got a guy in there that's young and you know he he's got different systems and he's got athletic players and they're a good team and you know but maybe they just like playing for him and it makes a difference so uh, i i think for me that's where the surprise comes and you know when we look at at our predictions for last week um jim you 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 got them all right man you got them all right you went 6 and 0 this week with your picks um (laughs) after i went winless in college (laughs) yeah so so you last week you were nine and eight you got six wins you're at 15 and eight in first place by you know by a good bit randy you won three of your six you were six and 11 uh at the end of last week at the end of this week you're nine and 14 i and and really letting you guys back in these games because I only won two games. I was 10. um, I was uh, 10 and seven last week and I'm currently 12 and 11. So um, looks like Jim, you're sitting in first place, 15 and eight. I'm sitting in second place, 12 and 11 and Randy, you're sitting in third place at nine and 14. So with that, Let's get to some predictions for this upcoming week. Randy, you're in last place. You get to start us off. You get to pick first. So where are you headed? I should should pick
3: an easy game.
0: Hey, before you do your predictions,
2: how about finally getting a good Thursday night game? Shout out. The first few have sucked.
3: I should pick an easy game.
2: Watch
0: your mouth.
1: But
2: oh well, no, not not that one. I'm talking about the ones after that, not the open, not the season opener.
3: That one don't even yeah, count. That, that, that that's one. that's not your regular Thursday night game. That one was pretty good. So, if I was smart, man, I gotta make up some ground here.
0: Oh, you're so. gonna go crazy, you're gonna get out there, you're gonna go Jets. They, oh, they're right. going to jets.
2: Falcons, they could go winning streak, bro. <laughs>
3: I yes, no, yes, I'm gonna yes. you know I gotta go with what I feel like is gonna be an easy win. But see, you guys get to pick against me and you'll pick the same thing. So I need something you guys are gonna disagree with. Give me the Chargers over the Browns. Easy pickings.
0: Oh, that's an easy one for you, and that's an even line too. That's
3: oh. and I know Jim will pick the other way. I gotta make very, up some ground.
2: Very true. You damn right. I just told you about that defense.
3: They ain't seen Justin Herbert. Who the Browns
2: played so far?
3: Let's see. Nobody good. I was just looking at their
2: schedule. <laughs> Show ain't. <laughs> it,
3: yeah, well, they played the Chiefs, but they lost.
2: No, that was. Uh, yeah, oh, that was, was a, yeah, that no, was. Yeah, that, that was. week one.
3: Yeah, and that was actually a really good game, though. That was the only game they're off. They had to lead did. the
2: whole game. They had to lead the whole game and then blew it. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Jim, who are you taking?
2: uh the, spreads don't matter in NFL, right? No, they do. This one's even though. But, but, yeah, you got to so. pick this game. Oh, 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 yeah. I already said Browns, y'all knew that. Yeah. Browns. I know the spreads matter and who wins, but like we don't have to pick a small dog, big dog I, right? No. Okay.
0: You, you know I everything in me says I should pick the Browns here. Everything. You should. And you want me to pick the Browns. So for Jim, this reason, you're picking Jim, the Chargers. No, well, Jim was very convincing with the fact that the Browns were terrible without without receivers. Not terrible, but they, they weren't as good. And that they were.
3: It was the Hunt and Chubb.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was the, the Hunt and Chubb show. And that I just said that was a show that I didn't want to watch. So I got to make up ground on Jim just as much as you do. So give me the Chargers, taking like the it. Chargers. But I, I know I, you hey,
2: By the way, I like how much he talks about
0: how good Herbert looked. We're just gonna gloss over how good Dak looked, but that's okay. Uh, hey, I'm I'm just gonna sit. We haven't sit gotten there. Yeah, we we haven't gotten there. All right, so. I'm in second place. That means I get to go next. Y'all already know where I'm going. Give me them boys.
3: Oh, same. That's easy.
0: Yep. Cowboys given seven. Hey, you know
2: what the Saints? You know what the worst thing the Saints could have done, fellas? They made Giants fan believe Saquon Barkley was back.
0: Well, well I mean, hey, you gotta... Mar- got a 53-yard Mar- touchdown pass and a score on the goal line. That's it, far but from
2: being the back. Fi- the 53-yard pass was ill by Marshawn Lattimore. I don't know where he was watching, but he let that man
0: run right by him. He said, he said, Saquon who? Oh, yeah, he is playing. Whoops. All right. All right, Jim. Your turn. What game you picking?
2: Give me – I am going to go with a hard pick. I'm, I, am, I am stepping out, and y'all are going to pick the opposite way, so I'm going to gain another four right here. Actually,
0: actually hold, hold on now. Hold on. You're
2: going to slow me down. I was hyped. All right. You're Randy's going to tell, Randy tell me how stupid pick, I am. Pick, pick your game. Pick your game. Bengals over the Packers. Oh, Lord. They're actually a three and a half. No, wait. This Green Bay's three and a half point. Right? I was gonna say, I Bengals actually a favorite. I read that wrong. That means I'm getting Hey, that means I just need a uh, either Green Bay to win by a field goal or the Bengals win outright. But Joe
0: Burrow, let's go. You're taking Cincinnati.
2: Hey, out of curiosity, do y'all know who the Bengals' backup running back is? Because I just actually saw Mixon is gonna be out, and I have no clue because Giovanni Bernard is no longer there. Giovanni plays for the oh. Bucks. He's hurt. I, nope. don't, don't I don't know who that is. So I'm picking a team and it's, I don't even know his, who name is, is.
3: his name is Perrine.
2: Oh, he used to be on the Redskins. Mm, Daniel okay. will go pick him up
0: in fantasy. Samaji Perrine. Yeah. No, I, he played for the Redskins. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not gonna pick him up. I'm good. Um I will take the Packers. Yep. Gonna gain a point on both, y'all. I love it. Who are you taking, Randy?
3: Hmm. Now I'm torn. I feel like it's a new game. It's in Cincinnati. A lot of that's working against me. Give me Aaron Rodgers. Get it. Get it.
0: Jim, Randy and I are going to – we're hunting you down this week. Are, I mean, I gave arguing. I gave you all that one on a silver platter.
3: No, you didn't. They're favored. You're, no, the Packers are favored. That's, favored? I, see. I did because of the you Packers. Agree, yeah, I, I get, I, but they do not win. They don't blow people out. They win close games, so you might. That's not a bad pick at all. Nope. No, nope. you you might be all right.
0: You might be all right. All right, Jim Snake style. Go ahead, pick again. Who you got? Who you got? Uh, give me the bounce back for the Rams over the Seahawks. Oh, you're gonna take that one and one, one point and a half, one and a half point spread. So, oh, they're traveling to Seattle, and you're taking Rams. Yep. Oh man, oh man, oh man, big game. Both teams. Ooh.
2: Randy ain't gaining no ground because he's not picking Russell Wilson. <laughs> <May I? laughs>
0: this is a tough one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Rams. Ram. Randy, who you got?
3: Give me the Hawks, baby. Okay. He's only doing it because we both went the other nice. way. He would normally not. Well, and now DK Metcalf is questionable. So now I'm questioning life. Oh, man. (laughs) All right.
0: Um, I get to pick next. Mm, That Bucks game looks good. Let's see. What else is on the docket? Nope. Mm. I mean, like, these dudes just don't like I don't know how the Steelers won week one because they've looked like some hot garbage the past few weeks. Big man uh, specifically. You know you want them Saints, bruh. No, not at all. Not at all. Um you know what? Give me give me the bucks. They're gonna bounce back. They're gonna have it. Give me the bucks. Bucks minus ten. Who you got? Who you got, Randy? Bucks or the, Dolphins?
3: Yeah. If the Colts can beat them by 10, I gotta think the Bucks can.
2: That's why I'm surprised you picked that game, Daniel, because you picked a game where we we're all gonna side together. You, instead as opposed to one where anybody would gain ground. What, but what game is that? What game? The one that I, I'm about to pick. The, the Bucs, because you could have picked the Saints. If you said you wouldn't take the Saints, then you could have easily took Washington. No, i take the Saints, and you could possibly gain ground there.
0: No, I, I don't want to take Washington. That's the thing. Like, I don't, I have zero confidence in either of these teams. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Week five. I just know who the best player on the field was for the Saints. Well.
3: The guy that came off the bench.
0: Yep.
3: You guys, two did. touchdowns.
0: Did, didn't he lose the position in camp? Yep. Oh, man. He was their Same only game.
2: offense all game.
0: All right. It's Who's the, Randy, what you got, man?
3: Give me the Chiefs over the Bills.
0: Chiefs? Oh,
3: no,
2: that's a game to pick. Because I ain't picking against my fantasy quarterback and wide receiver, damn it.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a t- that's a t- that's, it's tough. It's a tough game. I, th- I know – I think we'll be split.
2: Hey, Daniel, was Tyreek Hill on the board when you got to pick after all that discussion we had? No. I was just say, because you wanted him so bad, and after what I saw him do this week, I was like, damn, Daniel should I have had him. But now I realize he was gone. Daniel wanted – gonna... we had a lot of discussion beforehand, Randy. He wanted Tyree Hill, and then I watched that man score the three touchdowns. I'm like, God, I bet he wish he has Tyree Hill right now. He's good.
0: I mean, uh, to be honest, man, there wasn't – with the exception of playing a different defense, there wasn't shit I could do this week against you. I mean, you had fucking Debo who scored <laughs> 40 fucking points. Like, you had DJ number. Moore. Yeah, and he's their best receiver. <laughs> Debo, who the fuck is Debo? He's that's his third 30 plus point game of the season actually. I mean, that that's one that that's one of those games that you look at and you're like, can this game please just end? Hey Randy, I got told
2: I got fleeced because I traded I traded uh Cook for 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 Debo and and Diggs and and look at my boy. Ha. All
0: right, so Randy, you're taking Chiefs. At home, they are giving up two and a half. Jim, who are you taking? Buffalo. Taking Buffalo. Hmm. You know, that makes my choice. That That Bill's Bill's defense, by the way, is legit. Yeah. And that Chiefs defense ain't. (laughs) i gotta go chiefs i gotta try to i gotta try to make up some ground on you
3: what go with your heart pick the bills
0: well since y'all pick together so much
2: i mean seriously i mean if if everything goes wrong for me both y'all gonna have a great week and catch up with me so
0: my problem is is i gotta deal with it. if the Chargers win, I pick them to win, and I got to hear this if, if If this, however, goes for sideways. For another week.
2: After the week I just had, if this forever if for whatever
0: reason goes sideways for y'all, y'all going to be in a serious hole. Nah, we would be good. We ain't scared of old, old Jim Cross.
3: <laughs> it's a long season.
0: Yep, got a lot of picks. A lot, lot to go through. All right, anything on the NFL front that we missed? Um...
2: I do want to say that I think the Cowboys are every bit as legit as I thought, and if they stay healthy, um, they're going to make some noise. I talked about the Browns, but I did want to say um, on that Buccaneers-Patriots game, I got to give – I don't know if it's the weather that helped them out or if New England really just came with a game plan and played well, but regardless, I thought that – Tom was going to go in there and piss on them, and he didn't. So, I, was, I got to give the the Patriots their due for making him work and, um, you know, have to be terrific at the end and get it done, which probably no other way he'd rather actually have it than to put a game-winning drive together at the end.
0: All right, I got a question. What's the worst division in football? It's got to be the NFC East again, right?
3: No, I think it's the AFC South.
0: You think so? Yeah. Eh, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. When you, when, yeah, you're right. I didn't even look at that And when you're... But
3: I knew where you the, were going. Look at the point differential. But I
2: knew what Daniel was going with because it's just Dallas in the, in the East.
3: I mean, but the, the Redskins have a 500 record. That's, I mean... That's, I mean, there's, there's, but, I don't even think. Have that's you second watched words. them?
2: Like, I don't even know. How I've watched, uh, yeah, problems. I have, they're I terrible. have
3: the, I got whatever that thing's called, the Red Zone. I've been watching all these games. I just don't go to Buffalo Wild wins, They're please.
2: gonna lose the Saints this week, so it don't matter. I wouldn't. I mean, put that. I mean, if they,
0: if they don't, if they lose to the Saints, it's a, it's a rough stretch for them, dudes. Damn. Damn.
2: Holy, they ain't gonna win again to the Eagles if they lose to the Saints.
0: And that's they may tough. not win that one either. Ooh, that's a that's a rough rough little little ditty they got. But All that's right, got to be the
2: hardest schedule in the NFL.
0: Oh, that's a brutal schedule. Chiefs, Packers, Bucks,
2: Seahawks, freaking! I know the Raiders lost tonight, but it's still three and one.
0: And they play Buffalo. What? What is wrong with these cats? Man, Ron Rivera said, I want all the smoke. Give me no, everybody.
2: No, they said, until y'all come up with a mascot, we're going to give y'all the hardest schedule. That's right. All right, last call, guys. Jim, what you got? Oh, uh, man, nothing. I, th- I don't think I actually even said it. I think we just talked about it via text. Uh, shout out to uh, to Austin Riley for taking the top of the end off the bench leaderboard, even though Q's going to um, – Take it. He says, uh, at least for now, uh, he's there. He's in the running possibly for MVP. So shout out to, shout out to boy.
0: Austin. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got the playoffs. He can make some noise in the playoffs and get his name further out there. Randy, what you got for last call?
3: Uh shout out to, uh, streets ministries here in Memphis, Tennessee. <clears throat> they, um, Inner city, they help a lot of inner city kids, uh, you know, through um, church, through Jesus, and all that. They they encourage and equip young people to you know stay on the right path and achieve their God given purpose. Uh, so a lot of this for a lot of these kids here, especially in the neighborhood that these guys reside in, uh, it's the safe haven for these kids. You know, when the schools were out, they opened up their doors, uh, sanitized, and had those kids come in, gave them Wi Fi, let them do schoolwork, and have that structure give them a place to go play basketball and just give them a safe place to be when a lot of kids don't have that option. And I think a lot of people take that for granted. Uh, streets knows that that's not available for everybody. So they are there for them and they're really changing lives in Binghampton. So shout out to them and specifically uh, my brother, Stephen Green, shout out to him. He is the business development manager there. Put on a great golf tournament today, raising money for the organization. Can't say enough good things about them.
0: That's. That's where when you're a, a golfer or a amateur golfer or a scratch golfer, you don't even care about how you play. You just know you're out there doing things for the right reason and having a little fun or raising a little money for the right cause. So, Hey, hey Daniel. That's, that's
2: what's up, man. Daniel, I got, I got something I got to tell you guys. I, I could have told you off air, but I'm going to tell you guys on <clears> here. <throat> so I'm so proud of my son tonight. Tomorrow is uh, where your favorite sports team day. Now, granted, this team is the wrong team, but you'll get where I'm going with this. This man has picked out his outfit. He better be wearing that in-off-the-bench Mississippi State shirt. I I actually was surprised. I actually made that comment. It's funny you say that. I made that comment. I said, Cameron's going to be disappointed. He's got them orange, blue, and white shorts with that Russell Westbrook jersey with the OKC beaded necklace with the OKC Nick Collison signed backwards hat to wear. I'm so proud of my man.
0: What? What's he gonna do when the first kid goes over there and be like, "You don't play with them no more."
3: Be like, that was, years- "That was two teams ago."
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's none of your damn business. All right, man. I got I got my last call, Randy. I let Jim pick it last week. Do you want the you want those five that had the best week, or you want the five that had the worst week first?
3: Worst week, give it to me.
0: All right. Coming in at number five, worst week. The Saints. The <laughs> Saints. They just struggled, man. Like, I, I there there wasn't a time until the clock hit zero in the fourth quarter where I was like, they lost this game. Like, I didn't think they were ever going to lose that game until they did. Um, but it it's solidify when Taysom goes in and he has the the day that he has it just solidifies Jim and you could probably talk more about this like the saints don't really know what they're doing i don't think they um, don't know
2: who they who they are and hey you know you know something we uh we talked about Randy that Taysom didn't need to be the quarterback because he didn't use Kamara. do you know that um he only got targeted one time in that game which is the the fewest that he's ever been targeted like how is it that these two guys, you know, it doesn't take a Drew Brees to know that you got to use your best guy, right?
3: Yeah, I mean he was rushing the ball a lot though.
2: I know, but I mean, get him out in space.
0: Yeah, I, there was a lot, a lot of things that looked below par. For the good, the good news is, Daniel,
2: that I know that coming up on this list is a team, another team that lost to another New York team, and they at least made the Saints not the worst team of the day.
0: You're right you're right they're they're not the worst and and to be honest um we'll get there so coming in at number four your boy urban meyer what a what a week he had or what a weekend man i I don't even know where to start or where to begin all i know is like comes out today with a, a plethora of apologies and you know just more apologies on his part like randy i'll ask you man is this is this dude a scumbag or is he just <laughs> not like he's just not very smart. Like, I don't, I don't understand.
3: I think that his morals have always been in question. If you look back on his time at Florida, you know, obviously he had, I think they set a record for most arrests, most felonies, m- murders on the team. I mean, and then he, you know, all that's hitting the hay, they start sliding. He all of a sudden has heart issues goes to Ohio state, things start, you know, they got all that, you know, off the field stuff. And all of a sudden he's got health issues again, takes this job. And I'm sure he's about to have some more health issues. And the whole thing is you sit and you see this guy say things like, you know, we're doing this for the young men and I love my family and all that stuff. And I don't doubt that he loves his family. I, I don't doubt that at all, but his actions continually show that he's not a high-character guy that he portrays himself to be. Well, so, because
2: yeah. he's got the wins under his belt, Randy, do you think he ends up, once he he uses that I'm feeling sick again and leaves the NFL, do you think he ends up at one of those high-caliber uh, positions that's going to open up in college?
3: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Let, he might end up in LSU.
0: Let oh, God. <laughs> let me ask y'all this. What is worse, testing positive as a player for marijuana or what we saw on the the Twitter sphere with Urban Meyer in this video.
3: Definitely Urban Meyer. I mean, come on. Weeds like legal in so many states.
0: That's that's the way that I see it. So how is it like something like this, a character issue, you can suspend people, you can suspend players, but coaches get a pass? Like, uh, I don't know, that's... I think Urban was actually just being a stand-up
2: guy and taking the story away from the fact that Joe Burrow is Trevor Lawrence's daddy.
0: That's all he was doing. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Or maybe Urban Meyer's just a ladies' man. Who knows? But he definitely didn't have a good week. Coming in at number three, you got the Titans. When you are on the verge of tying the Jets, but then you lose to the Jets, you... You're in bad shape. So nothing more needs to be said. But on but that. hold
2: on, but do you stand by you think it was better for them to lose to Justin tie because of
0: your tie stance? Oh, absolutely. Like it's <laughs> the, it, it, I I see it the same. Like I see I see a tie and a loss being the same. And there's no good way to tie, so you might as well just lose. Uh coming in at number two, your Memphis Tigers. they They were on the list last week, give up another big lead, two fumbles that led to two quick touchdowns. And you find yourself on the, on the wrong end of the scoreboard for a second week in a row. And um, they got a Tulsa team. They're going to Tulsa this week. Um, I'm hoping that you're right, Randy. They, they, they turn this thing around because I do. I do think they have a lot to play for if they could just figure out how to win. I mean, you know, at the end of the season, hopefully you're saying, man, if it wasn't for you know uh a lack of focus of in two games, you you, you might have done something really special. Then then we're in good shape, but they got a lot that needs to be proven. And coming in at number one, for the first time in a long time, Clemson Tigers are out of the top twenty five. They are on a slide and they don't look good. I don't know um, what the issue is. I haven't watched many games of Clemson this year, but what I do know is the number in the wins column is not very good. So uh, Debo needs to go back to the drawing board and figure it out. I don't know if it's quarterback issues, I don't know if it's defense, if it's offense, if it's line, if it's secondary or just maybe all of the above, but they got to, they got to write this ship. But I think their uh, college football playoffs are, 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 are pretty much over. So. I got power I five.
2: Got, you agree? I got, I got one that you missed that would have actually not only been on the list, but been my number one, I'm going to assume because it wasn't on your list. You didn't see the video. Randy, did you by chance see the pep rally video from Texas A&M? No, I did not. Oh, it's, it's I guess, because of all the Mississippi State, uh, you know, uh, writers on Twitter that I, I follow. Anyway, that video went viral, and boy, they talked about how trash the state was, the football team was, how uneducated Mississippians were. They, I mean, they went in on them and how they were going to beat the mess out of the dogs and send them back to Trashville, where they came from. And then they lost at home to Mississippi State, a team that lost
0: to LSU and Memphis.
2: Man, that's bad.
0: I mean, I I don't think that's worthy of making the list. Maybe your list, but not mine. I think that happens everywhere. I think videos like that, if you look hard enough, you could find videos like that everywhere.
2: Did I mention it was the quarterback leading this?
0: What's he supposed to say?
2: Hey, guys. You know, and just say you're gonna win. Like, hey, uh uh Lance Harbour and varsity Blues said he had a dream and they were gonna beat Bainville by way more than that. Keep it that simple.
3: I think that if we're gonna talk about somebody saying something stupid before a game, it would Lane Kiffin would make the list before because yeah. what he did by saying get your power and throw in the headset, that was <laughs> how but bullshit.
2: how about how about I said the Georgia player made a stupid comment and then he just backed his shit up? <laughs> yeah, hey.
3: Lane, Lane, that was. Cla- even for him, that was too much.
0: He's just trying to get his fan base ready for that. So. Well yeah, I'm he here got ready.
3: A, he, he got the wrong fan base ready. Yeah.
0: <laughs> as if as if they needed any more incentive to go out there and win. All right, guys. Power power five, the best of the week coming in at number five. You got a, a, a dual combination here. And I, I, I couldn't pick one or the other. So I had to pick both Georgia, Alabama. I mean, they just continue to keep just, you know, we, we, we thought there was a chance in, in both of their cases and and Georgia just dominates Alabama just dominates. So at number five, you got Georgia and Alabama at number four, you got the Cardinals football team, Arizona Cardinals. The last
2: remaining unbeaten team.
0: Yep. Um, Maybe a surprise to some, um, maybe not so much to others, but definitely I think they're playing above where we three thought that they would be.
3: Whoa. Um, Nobody oh, had oh, them as undefeated, bro. Undefeated. Did, did, but did, who, not, who made the I'm
0: ballsy not, prediction of them winning the West? It was me. I, that, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you didn't pick them to be good, but, None of us would have said that they would start the year 4-0.
2: Who went undefeated
0: this week because they picked Arizona? I'm just well, saying.
1: Well,
3: I'll be honest. I did not have them going
0: 4-0. Me either. So, that's why they come in at number four. Coming in at number three, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Just slowly making their way to the top, putting themselves in a the position um, to be in the, the, the playoff. Um, Beat Notre Dame, um, and really, if you look at the schedule, the schedule is is all winnable games from here on out. So um, they get to the the ACC, you know, the 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 American Championship game, and who knows who they're gonna play? It. I would love for it to be Memphis, but it'll probably be SMU, somebody like that. But we'll see what happens. Uh, but Cincinnati got to give our props to them. Coming in at number two, Kentucky. Kentucky goes out, beats Florida. I'll ask you, Randy: Is is Kentucky that good, or or are are they just, or the teams that they're beating not as good as we think they are?
3: I think they're good. I mean, but I, I also think that we've seen this movie before from them recently. They, you know, they they play Florida well every year, so. I said in the first time they beat them. I just wish that Florida would have that kind of off game ever when they play Tennessee, but they don't. I just, yeah, no, I think Kentucky's good. I don't think that they're like a, you know, going to win the East or anything.
0: Well, for this week, they're in are they're, they're there. Number two, coming in at number one, Jim, can you guess it? No Cowboys. No, I, 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 I don't put the Cowboys on here because they—they're winning games and. Oh, the really... giant! Oh, the Giants! Yes, sir, the Giants! <laughs> giants. I busy, the giants. I was too
2: busy reading what I just sent Randy that would make
0: his day. Sorry. Well, I appreciate you listening to me, and instead of being on your phone, it, caught, a it caught my crucial, attention. I'm sorry. Crucial segment. All right, guys, that's all I got, man. Let's let's get out of here. It's late. We had a great can I episode. read it? Can I read it to you, Daniel?
2: It'll take 10 nope. seconds. Yes. Nope. Yes. They got the paper that Justin Herbert turned in when he was nine years old. And he said he was going to live in California, Los Angeles, and he was going to be a professional football player. This man called his shot. Holy shit. I now have a newfound respect. I've been hating this whole time. This man called his shot when he was nine.
3: Why does he, hey, why does this, why does my man look just like John Owens though? Y'all see that?
0: (laughs) I sure does. We, we, we stop, we stop the close of the show for, for that. That's, that's it. You
3: don't, you ever disrespect Justin Herbert again.
2: You know, that's impressive, Daniel. He was nine years old.
0: For, for a, a, a third grade, third grade dreamer, man. Hey. Do what you got to do, man. If that's your dream, go out there and chase it and go get it, man. Uh, kind of like our, our guest tonight, Quintavious Burdett, I want to thank him for joining us. What a great episode. Got a good chance to, to listen to him talk to us about his time at Ole Miss and the real estate game, man. I'm excited. I got some things and some tidbits I'm going to take back. Um, but if you like that story or if you just like hearing average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, your comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. Check out the website. Go get your gear. It's up there. It's ready. Any color. Support us. Support your team. And we'll see y'all all all next week for Episode 6. This has been the In Off the Bench Podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.